E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, good morning, everybody. Sports Take, Tone Shields, Rob Ellis hanging with you on this Friday Eve. Tone, hope you're doing great, man. Always, always a pleasure hanging out with you each and every day. How you feeling, man? I feel great, my friend. What do I, what do I always say, Rob? What do I always say? I you feel good, good and feel I smell good, good. Smell good, look good. Uh-huh. That's what and I'm talking about. Sound good. Uh, hey. so let's say hi to everybody. Let's say hi. Flexing and Step and M. Reyes. Jalen, I'm awake. Uh, cool Ranch. David, Rob, Rob from Temple, Wawa is great. Okay. Uh, Ken, what is up, Philly 07? Teresa, who else do we have here? I want to make sure I'm getting everybody. Twiz, what's up, Twiz? What is up, Ken? I think I got Ken. Ken, you got two. Um, ba, ba, ba. But Sills, we're 10 and 1. Bry Guy, Dark Skin Carson. <laughs> I don't even know what, I don't want to dive into that one. Uh, let's see. Do Slagger. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think I got everybody. Chuck, what's up, Chuck? Hope everybody's well. Andres, <laughs> Jack. Oh, Jack. Hey, Rob. My guy. Jack Cal. Cat, cat hey, Rob, do, you see what, do you see what Slagger yeah. said? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Do I want to know? Someone no, spreads no, all his money on team gear. Is that what, that one? <laughs> yeah, that one. That one. Uh, not true do i even want to know what the other one was i don't think i do no 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 that's that's what i'm talking about uh, i do <laughs> let me see the hoodie man let me see what's going on with the hoodie oh no I this just is eagle, per- I eagle wings stand up oh, this, 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 this is something personal i made chalk yeah, it up this is, yeah, yeah 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 this is from the uh the sports uh network that i was uh building uh before i was working with uh Jake oh, i got sports. you yeah, so yeah, i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. so interesting enough my boy my boy cal checks in i got the guinness hoodie on and cal's hey. in Dublin, and that's where the guinness factory is and I tell everybody, if you go to Dublin, if you ever get a chance to go, first of all, Tony, you'd love Dublin. Let me tell you something. It's a, it's, a, it's a great city. But if you go, do the tour of the Guinness building. They give tour you a tour. And it's not just what you think, like, oh, I'm in a factory, and there's the big, you know, giant kegs. Or It's not like that. It's awesome. And they give you a, a dinner at the end, a steak dinner. You know what's funny? I'm drinking a lot of beer, but I don't yeah. think I've ever had Guinness. Guinness is good. It's not something like if you're having one or two, it's great. It'll fill you fast. It's not okay. like if you're out with your boys and you, you're you're throwing a few back, you're not going to have a ton of Guinness. Okay, got it. It's one of those. Okay, yeah, it's not like like you 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 having a light beer. You can have it's like drinking water, frankly, and you know what I mean. Yeah. But if you're if you're not saying you, you could have a few, you could have you know. No, I know people. what you mean. No, I know what you mean. It's, it's certain beers that are just heavier on you. It's heavier. Um, and, heavier. and it's usually those dark beers, like uh, yeah. like Yingling. I can't. Yes. I'm more of a Yingling guy. And, yeah. uh, you know, for me, it's Corona, then mm-hmm. Yingling, and then I'm pretty much open after that. But you're right. Yingling sits on you a little heavier. I can knock back Corona's like nothing. Cal, you got to you know do I mean? the tour, man. Trust me. If you're in Dublin, you got to do it. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I can sit there and throw back. I like Yingling too, by the way. Um, but uh, you know, Coors Light, Miller Light, whatever, any of those kind of light beers are just yeah. boom, 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 boom. Um, you know what I started? I like Mexican beer too, by the way. With what Slagger said, I like. You, Mexican. you, want, you want to know what the first beer I fell in love with, and I was hooked on it. Um, this was in college. Uh, Miller High Life. Oh yeah, the, sh- the, the champagne, champagne beers. beers. <laughs> That's an old school. The champagne of beers is old school, man. That's and, and I'll tell you what. It's good. I don't no, mind a Miller High Life. No, it's delicious. Yeah, man. It's, I am, it's so refreshing. The, I haven't the had old heads know what they're doing who, who are throwing back some champagne of beer, man. They know what they're you, doing. I haven't had a beer 
in God knows how long. Yeah. Oh, so are you more like you got more to like the spirits, wine? Like, what are you? I'm not a wine I guy just, or a spirit. I just haven't been guy. drinking I like lately. I just, I, I just haven't been drinking much lately at all. I don't get um, out much either, man. I don't, I don't. I, these days, I'm a social drinker. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I mean, we have some wine in the house, but you know, I don't just crack open a bottle of wine on the weekend. Yeah. My wife may do that, but lately, lately, we haven't really been drinking that much. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with. Look, it's yeah. it's just it's it's hard to find the time, man. I know that sounds crazy, but I, no, that's exactly what it is. It's hard to find the time that I know I'm going to have just to relax and just really enjoy the buzz. Yeah, and my only <laughs> other issue is, and I'm pretty lucky that I don't generally get really hungover. I'm pretty, I'm pr- knock on wood in that sense, right? Because I usually will shut it down at a decent time and get an okay night's sleep. But, but you're probably awful when you're hungover. I'm not good when I'm hungover, dude. You're probably awful. Well, but here's what I, here's the problem. Um, I, because I can't sit still. Like if I'm useless and banged up and laying on the couch, I'm, my mind is a disaster. I need to be able to get up and be productive just for my own edification. So that's one of the reasons why I try not to get too heavy into it where I can't even function. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's been a long time since I've been. Same here. Hungover. It's been a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Nonetheless. Um, yeah good so, talk great way to start the morning you guys start your morning with a beer and the best <laughs> i'll tell you the best for me at least too obviously you got to stay hydrated and whatnot but the best for me the best cure for a hangover is if you get a decent night's sleep if you don't get a decent night's sleep you're in, i think you're in some trouble man yeah and also you know? if you guys are looking for a quick recovery yeah pedialyte pedialyte's good pedialyte's really good for you in the mornings you wake up yep. get you going mm-hmm. you know, get you a nice breakfast in you yeah, you'll be you'll be all right by one p.m. Depending on what time you wake up. Breakfast but. in you and take care of your business in the in the library. If you know what I'm saying, if you yes. can do that too, you'll be good to go. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, there you go, kids. Uh, never say we aren't here to help. Right, right. All right. So you, have to, be, you have to be 21 years or older Correct. to consume this message. Correct. And if you're not, uh, you hang in there someday. All right. Uh, so a couple things. We don't have any kind of updates, at least as of right now. We may as the show goes on. Uh, but any kind of updates on Joel Embiid uh, and, and where things are with the knee. Here's what we know. He was sent home from the road trip to get further testing. He will not play against the Jazz tonight as they close out the road trip. So we're just, mm-hmm. you know, we're in limbo right now. Um, I want to get to back to that in a minute, but let me give you the big story, too, here. Uh, the Commanders are hiring Dan Quinn as their head coach. So he, it's official now. That's official. So the Cowboys, uh, D.C., formerly of the Falcons, formerly of the Seahawks back in the day as a D.C., uh-huh. whatever. He goes to uh, go to Washington. So the last spot uh, is filled. In the so, division. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I look, look, I always try to look at things from an Eagles perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I know they've, it was a disaster in the uh, in that division, that wild card game against Green Bay for everybody across the board. But I thought the guy was a pretty good defensive coordinator. So I'm Absolutely. glad to see the Cowboys lose him. Absolutely. Um, it's funny. Prior to Dan Quinn getting there, they had they had that same amount of talent, but didn't really know what to do with it. So uh, he goes there with the same players. I can't I can't forget. I can't remember who was the, uh, the DC before him, but regardless, Dan in, Quinn in, comes in, there uh, in Dallas. Um, yeah, I can't I can't remember his name, but he was an older guy, and everybody was like, "Yeah, he's he's aged some stuff out of the league. They need to move on from him." Yeah. Uh, but but Dan Quinn comes in. You know, flipped that defense on his head, made them uh, a top five defense back to back seasons. I think twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, and uh, now he gets now he gets another shot at a head coaching job. I think this is going to be the last hurrah for him. So, um, hopefully, he can uh, generate some production out of the Washington Commanders organization. Not sure how much he will be able to get done, 
um, just given their circumstances. Uh, so he has to know, and they have to know, this is going to be a bit of a uh, a project just for, in terms of their culture, uh, in terms of personnel. Yeah. Um, they're still figuring out the quarterback position. So we'll see how the thing turns out. But overall, uh, congratulations to Dan Quinn on the new opportunity. So here's the here's all the spots all filled. So commanders Dan Quinn, Mike McDonald to the Seahawks, Raheem Morris to the Falcons, Panthers Dave Canales, Chargers Jim Harbaugh, Titans Brian Callahan, Raiders Antonio Pierce, and Patriots Jared Mayo. So every spot Eagles Eagles uh, Kellen Moore. <laughs> Kellen Moore slash Vic Fangio. You have to get them both in there, Tony. Yeah, there's a slash there. Um, oh man, no, yeah. I need to stop taking jabs at uh, Nick Sirianni, man. <laughs> well, here, all right. So let, let's let's hit a couple of these things. Then I'm glad you brought because like because I because like uh, I, I, let, let me stop fronting. Like as a person, I like Nick Sirianni. Like seriously, as a yeah, hard person. hard guy not to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's likable in my opinion. Um, and I think and I think I just understand his type. You know what I mean? The emotional, the passion. The I I I understand that. Um, but I'm just not a fan of how he does certain things with the team, and that's pretty much it. It's never personal with me. So yeah, yeah. And look, um, as we talked about a lot, the big the big question with him is we know the players like him as a dude. Nobody questions that he take he takes the bullets for them. They all like him as a person. There, there's no, there's no disrespect as far as that goes, what kind of guy he is. But the question is, do they respect him as a coach? And we were, I, I'm curious what your take is. Cause we were, we were, you and I were batting this about the pre-show meeting, but mm-hmm. um, Jason Kelsey was on, did it, you know, his podcast with his brother, Travis, the new Heights podcast. And he really did – he addressed the elephant in the room in that he said, look, I know he's being asked basically, you know, what are you going to do now that you're not scheming up the offense? What's your role as a CEO? And he did go above and beyond, you know, the endorsement that he gave Nick. And it wasn't – again, I'm, I'm just telling you, I've heard enough of these words kind of like, yeah, yeah, we love Nick as a coach. You know, hopefully we get a turn where it's just BS. He really went to bat for him. And talked about he's one of the best coaches, if not the best coach he's had in terms of addressing things, correcting them in the moment, you know, doing the kind of things that a CEO has to do. Now, your take was interesting in that Kelsey's part of the older faction of guys. Do the younger guys feel the same? Right. And, you know, and you brought this up. The younger guys are more on the Switzerland side. They're, they're very, very quiet for the very, most part. Dudes. They're very stoic. They're very, um, you know just doing their jobs. And, right? and that's only natural. Whenever you start someplace, you're not looking to make waves right away. You're just kind of feeling your way around to an extent. So I understand. Exactly. It. And then, you know, some of those guys is just in their DNA to just go about things as business um, as usual. Yeah. So uh, I think they asked Devontae Smith about or up at Adams, you know, what went wrong. And he was like, look, we just, we didn't make plays, man. You know, yeah. we weren't, we, we weren't good enough. We weren't as good as we thought we were. Um, overall, I, Jason Kelsey, his his endorsement is interesting to me because we still don't know if he's going to be here or not. Yeah, we don't. I think he will. But if he's not, how much stock can we put into the endorsement if it won't have a direct impact on the guys in the building if he's not there? Um, but I think it's time that we start looking towards or looking forward to the next crop of leaders within this organization. And that's what's going to be the challenge for the Philadelphia Eagles. Not saying that we don't have any leaders in the room, but I believe their next challenge, along with repairing the defense, is establishing the next core four. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Or, or or the next group of foundational players on your team, right? 
I think we see Jalen Hurts is that guy um, as of right now. Um, and they have to maximize his time as long as he's a Philadelphia Eagle. And who knows if he'll get a second contract. He just signed the first one, so I know where I'm looking way far ahead. But, you know, if if, if, if we look at Jalen Hurts as a, a core member of this team, you know, you got to start looking for other guys as well. Okay, who's going to be the guys that we can see being here for the long haul? I think one guy that I, that I see – um, strong potential in being a core guy for the remainder of his career in Philadelphia is Jordan Milata. Oh, for sure. And I he's, think he he went to bat for Nick. He did. He right. he was basically like, I can't even believe you're asking me this question when they were cleaning out the lockers. I mean, he was. I was a genuine response. Like, is this really a thing <clears throat> that that people are talking about firing him? He did say that. Yeah. Milata is as gen- as as genuine as they come. There's no filter. None. Yeah. None at all. So I think he's one of those guys I look at and I say. Mm, that's a core guy for the remainder of his career. Um, is there anybody else on his team that you look at? And, and I would say Devontae Smith for sure. Uh, I, see, I, would say- I, I, I see. I see Devontae. Um, I, I think they're going to. I, I think it's no question they paid Devontae. I think the real question is how they balance the cap with AJ Brown and Devontae's contract. That's going to be the real challenge. I know I the cap is going up, but it only goes up by so much. Um, that's going to be the real thing to watch how they balance those contracts if they can balance them at all uh but okay i like that milada devonta smith anybody else that you that you that you think about in this roster because See, i think it's I, important yeah i don't know the per and I'm, I'm being honest with you i don't know the personality of landon dickerson well enough like he seems like a fun sort of good old boy dude right but i don't yeah. know that he's going to be a vocal it's you know what the thing is two-tone it kelsey's an exception it's hard for offensive linemen to really be viewed like super outspoken way too. To well, here's the thing. Lane, Lane Johnson is really not, I mean, he speaks, but Lane Johnson is actually a very low key dude. When you really think about how he, he carries is. himself, you know, Kelsey's the more so the, the, the podcast that you see him outside, you know, ripping the shirt off and Lane is more so the calm, cool, collected one. So I think that's where Landon Dickerson falls. Um, I do see Landon Dickerson being a, um, a, a integral piece on this team in the long term. The Eagles invest in their old line like no other. So Melada, Landon Dickerson. I, I've also had opportunities to see Landon Dickerson. Um, you know, just seeing how he interacts with his teammates. Um, the Eagles put out a lot of doc, uh, a lot of um, documentary documentary style content on their YouTube channel, and I got to see how Dickerson carried himself from his rookie year oh, up until well-liked now. He's a well liked guy. Yeah, and he's well liked in the locker room. He's actually funnier. Uh, he actually has a, a more of a personality on him than you may think. Um, him and Milada have a great relationship. Obviously, they play next to each other. Right. Um, so, okay. So, Devontae right, Smith, so let me go, Milada, here's, here's, a, here's a problem. Herein lies a problem. Okay. You go to the other side of the ball. And that's what I was low-key trying to yeah. phase us to, right? Where, so, who are the core guys on defense? I sit here right now having no idea what Jordan Davis is going to turn out to be. None. Mm-hmm. You know I, I'm the I'm the, you know – head man of the Jalen Carter fan club. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a big believer in Jalen Carter. Same here. I don't know that he's a vocal guy. I don't know that he isn't. I just, I don't know. He's a rookie. You got to give that guy a little bit of time. Yeah, of course, of course. Time. I want to let guys mature. You yeah. know what I mean? He's a, I'm older than, I'm, I'm 29. And I feel like I'm still <laughs> trying to, right. you know, uh, you know, figure out my maturity a little bit. So again, I know what it's like to be 22. So um, the, the problem, yeah. here's the problem you have, Tone. There's no linebackers, none. No. I, 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 unless you believe in Kobe Dean, and I put him as more of a question mark than even Jordan Davis at this point. There's no corners that I think are long term. Maybe Ringo might be, but I we're still a long way from knowing that. We're a long way and, from and knowing Ricks. that. And yeah. Ricks, I don't. You know, I think Blankenship is a guy on the team 
but I don't know that Blankenship is going to take a leadership role just because I don't know that he's going to be prominent enough. So there aren't a ton of them. And it's just the way the roster's constructed that there aren't a, a ton of them right now. Right. And I think that's an issue for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? That defense has been filled with mer more mercenaries than anything. Correct. And it's hard to establish a core group of guys when you're not drafting well. The only way the reality is your core your core guys that are typically there for the long haul are guys you typically draft. And in order to be taken seriously as a core guy, you have to, you know, your leadership has to your your leadership has to be married with your production. Yeah. And the sad part about it is they haven't gotten that level of production on the defensive side. Um I mean Jalen Carter, obviously a rookie, but we're not looking at him to be a leader, a leader just yet. Um, but does he have potential to be a core guy going forward? Sure, sure. Um, but again, it's going to be it's going to come down to how he carries himself, you know, on and off the field, and again, the production. You know, can he stay healthy? Um, Jordan Davis, he has the personality, in my opinion, to be a core guy. He's he's a he's an accountable guy, but again, how accountable is he when it comes to his conditioning? You know, the endurance, the uh, you know the um you know, the diet and nutrition. I think that's going to be his determining factor to see if he's a core guy going forward. Uh, but that's going to be the challenge for Harry Roseman, right? Um, that's been the Philadelphia Eagles challenge overall, drafting players outside of the D-line. If you're not in the D-line, they struggle with assessing you. And, I, and, and I'm having a hard time understanding um, the disconnect there, right? If, mm -hmm. if, if, if When it comes to the trenches, the Eagles understand it. Yeah. But they, they, can't, they, they can't find guys, you know, in the DB room or, you know, in the linebackers, they, they, they struggle with evaluating those kind of guys. So, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see where they go. But overall, they have nine draft picks. That includes the comp picks. Um, maybe the Eagles get their hands on a, on, on a couple more, but they need to have a strong draft. They have they to because they can't keep d handling their defense like this, Rob. It's not sustainable. Yeah, and we'll, we're going to get into Howie and what he's got in front of them at 12 o'clock and it's a lot. Okay. A lot. Here's the other, the other thing I wanted to touch on tone. Um, you know, I know there's been chatter about AJ Brown. I, I see some folks in the chat that, that, you know, they want him gone, et cetera. Um, I, I think, I think those people that say that are, are trolling. Well, I mean, honestly. yeah, either way. I mean, the cap hit is 41 million uh, for him to be traded. So he, he's not going to get traded. And I know yesterday when he was asked about this and we're, Chris Franklin's joining us at 1130 and Chris Franklin talked to, uh, both AJ and Devante. So I'm looking forward to hearing what get Chris's impression because he talked to them directly. Right. But when those two guys were on, and I saw the cut, the, the clip from, uh, from Kay Adams up in Adams, you know, I, I thought, I thought AJ's response was very sort of matter of fact in that he said, look, man, I've been there before I got traded. Uh, I wasn't necessarily expecting that um, to be the case when I got traded from Tennessee, but Hey, I, I got to just worry about my family, et cetera, or something to that effect. Right. So, you know, he wasn't like, hey, I don't want to go anywhere. And I think people are reading into that with the thought of he wants to go. I don't think he wants to go. I, I think that he's, because he's been through it, uh, you know, before, I think he's trying to not be as emotionally invested, you know, as he could be and just be ready for however it, you, you know, plays itself out. Basically. Yeah, yeah, you can get jaded, you know, in this regard, right? When once you get yeah. traded, you know, you become numb to anything else after that. You know what it's like. You've been there. Um, you know, you take everything people say to you with a grain of salt, right? And I completely, I completely understand uh, his sentiment. Um, I can't, 
So, there, know, I, so there it I, is. I so you, you can I didn't see have any problem with what he said, by the way. Um, no, I didn't have but, any problem with his response. Nothing at all. I felt like he had. Well, what else did you expect him to say? I mean, no, not, not you, but the people. Like, well, what else did you expect them to say? You know, I think people wanna... want him to be like, I want to be an eagle for life, and and that's just the reality of the, of this day and age. Not most guys will throw that out there, but you look at it. Forty-two five is the dead cap, dead cap that you would have um, if he's moved. So he's not going anywhere. And by the way, I don't want him going anywhere, man. There have been yeah, too many I don't, years. I don't either. Yeah, where the Eagles didn't have playmakers. You yeah, know. Yeah, and, I, yeah. I definitely don't want him going anywhere. Uh, you know, and you know, I, I always try to reiterate this. You know, when it comes to when it comes to my premise about trading AJ Brown, because I think some people still think I want him gone for some reason, and I don't. I want AJ AJ Brown here for as long as uh, for as long that's feasible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, if they can find a way to make the money work, I would love to keep AJ Brown. But I'm just looking at it from the business perspective and the long term ramifications of trying to maintain. Two twenty plus million dollar wide receivers on your on, on your books, that's going to really limit what you're able to do on the defensive side. I mean, does doesn't doesn't that logic make sense, Rob? You it know, does. Fact- I, but here's what I believe: I believe that if if there's the greatest superpower that Howie has is cap manipulation. He's the king. If there's anybody who can figure out how to get Devontae and AJ situated, it'll be him. Yeah. Now I will say this though. Because of those guys, you know, contracts, current contract and future contracts, and their talent level, I will. I want. I want to welcome Eagles fans to this reality. AJ Brown may not be moved this year or next year. He may not. He may not even be moved the year after that. But I want you guys to know, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown are not finishing their career. Well, I think Devontae will. AJ Brown and Devontae Smith aren't going to be together until the end of time. Oh, I agree with that. I totally. You know I mean, I mean, look, this is football, man. Tom Brady played elsewhere. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, I, exactly. I don't. I don't think that at all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're not going to be. They're, they're not going to be on the same field together uh, for the remainder of Devontae's career. You know no, what I'm saying? Uh, no. AJ Brown's going to be here until further notice. The contract has him here up, up until 2026, 2027. I think he's an unrestricted free agent. So, at that point. That's that's going to be that's going to be a conversation for them. But for now, he's he's the best wide receiver on the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't want him to go anywhere, but I just want people to keep in mind that the Eagles are likely weighing all their options sure. and how they can rebuild this defense over the course of the next couple of years because they see their clock is not based on AJ Brown's contract or anybody else's. It's based on Jalen Hurts' contract. That's their clock. Mm-hmm. They're looking at it like, okay, the first year of that contract is kicked in. Um, we got what four seasons. You know, four seasons to get this thing right. Kicking off this season, yep. Yeah, yeah, kicking off this season. So we got about four or five seasons to figure out. You know, what's what's the long term answer? Can we compete for a Super Bowl? That's the clock they're on. Yep. So they're so these these next few years, you're going to see the Philadelphia Eagles taking a lot of big risk, a lot of big swings. You know, to try to put themselves back in Super Bowl contention. I got you. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's talk to Chris Franklin when we come back. NJ.com covers the birds. Talk to Devontae Smith and AJ Brown yesterday. Uh, so we'll hit Chris with any number of things uh, regarding the birds and, of course, his conversation with those guys. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Uh, family owned since 1985. Alex and the crew, a great job every single day. Fresh, homemade food, not sitting under some heat lamp. 20 different styles of pizza daily. They have slices to go. They have specialized pizza your way. They don't just do pizza. They do fresh pasta. 
sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, PA. Give them a call. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back. Appreciate you hanging with us today. It's on the Shields. I'm Rob Ellis for Sports Take. All right, joining us now. I uh, uh, love his coverage of the Eagles for NJ.com. You can follow him on Twitter at News, And, of course, NJ.com uh, was where you can catch all of his work uh, covering the birds. Chris Franklin. Morning, Chris. How are you? Oh, you're muted, Chris. Muted. There we go. No, it's still muted. Okay. I don't know. There we go. There we go. I got to put myself in a better job to put myself uh, to make sure that the mute's not done. Um, you got to go yeah. Andy Reid on us, man. You got to do a better job, Chris. <laughs> oh, 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 my uh, man, Chris. How you feeling, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's uh, been an interesting few days, to say the least. Yeah, yeah right. So for people who may not know, and, and again, hop on uh, NJ.com. You can check it out. You you sat down with uh, with AJ and Devontae as well um, yesterday. So, I don't know, man. Let's go through it. Like, what, what were your initial impressions of, of where they are from a headspace perspective? You got AJ, who everybody – it's been very weird. And Devontae, we know, you know, at some point is is probably looking at an extension. Where, where are the, What are the spirits of both of those two guys? Right now, I think they're just reassessing everything. Uh, so there's a lot going on. The whole uh, with AJ having to deal with the trade stuff that came out of nowhere based off of a poll, and yeah, it's looking like he, like he's like, what's going on? And you have that, and then Devontae, I think you're looking at that. He's looking at potentially like he's going in there. He's trying. They're all trying to recess. They're trying to get used to Brian Johnson not being there, which it seems like they were still like kind of shocked that it was still hap- that happened. Then look at Kellen Moore, who they haven't really talked to yet and haven't really got a sense of system, but they just want him to if, if since the made moves were made hey just come in and just improve this offense if that's the case but it looks like they're a little uh they're in recovery mode right now hmm. yeah you know it's, it's interesting because the aj brown trade speculation you know here here's on here's where i am with it uh chris i don't think the philadelphia eagles are in any position to trade him this season maybe not even next season but i just feel like this team because they have so much to rebuild, especially on that defensive side of the ball, I think they're weighing all their options and how they can get from point A to point B when it comes to getting that defense back on track. Speak on um, the distance the Philadelphia Eagles have to travel to uh, to at least get this defense to being respectable again. Well, I'll start with the AJ stuff. I don't even think it's even there. I don't even think it's even cross their minds at the point right now, unless he comes in that, goes into an office and goes, oh, I'm, I'm done with this. I don't think it's even... It's not, it's not where that is. It's come that. But the whole road to getting this defense back together, do we have enough time in the show to talk about? <laughs> as much time as you need. Sir. As much time as you need, brother. Uh, I look at this. I, I look at it. I think it's, it's more of a structure. Like, they don't have to change everything. They don't have to change a lot because it's basically everybody knows it's pretty much the same system with Vangio, and they've been trying to implement it this way. But the one, the two areas they really need to invest in are linebacker and an edge. And the reason why I say Edge is now you still have a son Reddick, but you know he's going to be he's going to command a big salary because of the way he's done. So you're going to have to find a backup for that. And you hope it's Nolan Smith, Josh Sweat. You know he's not too far off from him. He need to get a new deal himself. And then you're always looking for that. that yeah, BG who's going to be in his final year. So you're going to need to rebuild that Edge thing. And I think that they need more pressure coming off that Edge and 
and, and for the future because uh, everybody's getting older and you don't know if you're going to have the cap space. They really need to do that. And linebacker, we saw what happened in these last two championship games. We look at uh, when I look at the 49ers and I look at the Baltimore Ravens. I look at two teams that had really stellar linebacker play that got them in the position of being a championship game. When you have the first level of that defense with the defensive line and that third level with a, a, a top 10 cornerback, still an elite quarterback. I, just from what I've seen when he was playing, I still think he's still up that level. Who did you I, say, Chris? Because we lost you for one second. Okay, I say uh, when you look at uh, when you look at Darius Slay, I okay. still think he's elite. I, I really think he, I still think he's an elite cornerback when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. I still think you have a lot of other pieces in that secondary you can work with. Sizzy Brown when he gets the ACLs back, so you just have a void in the middle there. It's so many questions with Kobe Dean's knee. With Van Simmer is the only other guy you have right now under contract, and you have when you look at uh, Zach Cunningham, it's like he's more and more. He might he probably is the lead, lead guy to be coming back here. So. It's so much. Scheme needs to be better. The, the, the pressure has to be better. It's just in that second level for sure has to be a lot better. Um, all right, so I, let's go there. Uh, in your opinion, and how we kind of defended the linebacker thing at that press conference last week, and 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 threw Cunningham's name out there specifically, but also referenced the Super Bowl years when they had good linebacker play. So if we take Cunningham out for a minute. Yeah, they did have pretty good linebacker play in the Super Bowl years, but they don't now. So how much do you think he'll prioritize that? How much is going to be handed to Nicobe Dean? Like, is he, is he, in your opinion, is he penciled in as a starter or is he going to have to earn it? I think he's penciled in as a starter. And I think they use one of those first three picks on a linebacker and for, you know, first 53. I really think they're going to use one of those in that because you can't go into the same situations you had last year. And when you're looking back on it, how big is that letting go Christian Ellis looking now? Because at least with Ellis, you had, he was, he made, he made it, it was bumpy road, but, when he got comfortable, he started to make a few plays. So now you don't have a cost-effective linebacker in, uh, with you who can make who, who can flow to different the holes and plug up gaps. It's big. So I think that we're really looking at next year. Dean's going to be the leader of that defense, calling the plays. And you just, I, I would, I really see them getting a the guy. I know Trotter's name's been thrown out there a lot. There's a couple guys I, I like as well too. I think they're, I think one of those second-round picks are really going to go to a linebacker this year. You know, with Vic Fangio coming in, um, you know, typically he's had pretty solid linebacker play wherever he's been, you know, in order in order to make his defense work. Um, how much influence uh, do you anticipate Vic Fangio having um, on the ship of this defense, um, especially knowing how the Philadelphia Eagles do business? They tend to keep a lot of things close to the vest. Uh, how much influence do you think Vic Fangio will have being the first year D.C. in Philadelphia? I think it's going to be somewhat similar we saw when Jim Johnson had Andy was with Andy Reid. I think he garners that much respect, and since he's the grandfather, like he's the guy who built this system, he's going to have a. Lot, I think he's going to have a lot of say in the type of the traits that the guys have. He's going to let the front office do their thing and scout the guys, but when it comes to the traits and influence, and then if it comes to a time like, hey, who do you think? I think he's going to have a lot of say in what that happens, and he should have because you know you you, you tried this three you had three straight coordinators, defensive coordinators the last three years. One because guy had to coach job. One didn't work before. Technically, I'm still counting Patricia. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should. You should that one too. So, hey, you, I, that's one of the things. Like, you know what? Do your thing. They're going to turn the offense over that way to the Kellamore. Banjo, I think, is going to have full run on that defense and, and have a good say in what happens there. For people who may not be, he's been around forever, Chris. But, but you know, he it's still the same sort of philosophy. Obviously, he's the architect of it. But it's don't give up the big play. 
Where does he differentiate, I guess, off of what we've seen from Desai and Patricia? How will it look different with him? Obviously, you need players. I get that. But just philosophically, if you had the players, how would he do things different than what we saw? I think you see a lot more uh, better disguising of the way the coverages are. And it's all we all know in the NFL, it all comes down to seconds when it comes to there. And it's about it's basically like it's, it's like almost like a car game, like make, making sure that quarterback holds the ball one extra second so you get your defensive line and able to get home. And so I think you'll see a lot more elaborate covers, uh, disguises when it comes to coverages. It's like, oh, give a quarterback, oh, it's coming down. It's, it's almost like it's going to be man, not only man to man, but that match concept. Like, oh, I think it's a cover, it's going to be cover two in the back end. or And then all of a sudden you see it go single high, you're like, uh oh, wait. And everything goes helter skelter. So I think you'll see a lot more changes in, in that aspect. The one thing that they really need to watch, and this goes back to the linebacker one, they need somebody in the middle of that field to cover. And because especially when you go back there and you need communication. So you're relying on young guys who had issues last year with trying to communicate with that match concept, matching up. You're going to need them to be all, all on the same page and say, okay, you got this guy, guy. Because the one drawback with this, this defense is there will be a lot of blown coverages if you're not on the same page. And we saw what happened when it's really go when he really hits the fan on there. So that's where he really – I think that's where I think he, he can cover up some of that stuff in there, but it's still going to come down a lot of communication and, and, and back seven play. Chris, I want to check uh, I want to check the temperature with you when it comes to Kellen Moore. Uh, he's a guy who's worked with Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert over the past uh, several years of his career. He's been a five-year um, five OC, 34 years old. He's historically only worked with – drop back guys, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, he's not really a dual threat quarterback. Um, not afraid to get mobile if he needs need to, but he's more so a guy that's going to live in that pocket. Justin Herbert, again, a guy that's not afraid to get mobile, but he's going to live in that pocket primarily. But then you add in Jalen Hurts to that fold, the guy who was legitimately uh, a dual threat quarterback. And we saw the Philadelphia Eagles trying to transition him into being more of a pocket guy, but I'm having a hard time seeing the connection between a Kellen Moore and Jalen Hurts because of the quarterbacks Kellen Moore has worked with previously. Um, what was your instant reaction to the Kellen Moore hire? Do you think uh, it's a fit? Uh, what do you anticipate Kellen Moore bringing to the table um, when it comes to this offense? Well, at first half, it was like I was shocked because I really thought it was going to be Kingsbury's job. I thought that would be Marriott Moore to maximize what Hurts could really do seeing what he did early in his career and, and given that the concepts you can use with that with his offense and I think it would have lent it more and the fact it came down on Saturday night wasn't fun either but that is another thing when it came down there but I look at when I look at what more to if, you're, if I'm trying to overlay what they're trying to do I see them trying to turn them in they're basically to me I think they're going to sort of try to turn them in the deck in a way of I think he's more we all know he's more mobile than deck use it he's on only use it more for escape throw maybe a, a an R well you're gonna keep the rpos but throw in a couple of design runs here or there just to throw the threat to the defense but i the one i think area i think he's really going to help hurts with is he's got when he gives those pre-snap motions especially late to give him an extra tell to give him more intel to make those decisions and to make it easier for him i think especially when you're you, the one thing i think we have we have former quarterbacks. I know Brian Johnson was and everything else, but one thing I like that you have when you have a former quarterback is they can get in the mind of what Hurts could be thinking and seeing. I think at least having that throwing in more motion will give him more intel in order to be able to use it and spread the ball around more effectively in that aspect. But I still personally, I still think Cliff Kingsbury 
would have been I, I would have been very intrigued to see what Cliff would have brought to this offense. I think it would have been very yeah, I think it would have fixed a couple of things. It's not all and they'll still use the RPO stuff, but I just like the potential dynamic it would have brought. That's interesting. I, I I'm I was I've been saying this screaming this all week and, and last week too. I want and again he's got to be healthy, but I want them to get back to what they were doing. Two years ago, with the RPOs, with him, more designed runs. I know there's an injury risk, Chris, but I, I think you're taking away too much of what this guy does. Do you think they just view it as it's a $250 million investment and he's never going to run as much as he ran you know, a couple of years back, or at least by design? Well, I think the RPOs are going to stay. I think the Chargers last year, I think they were top 10. I got to look back at my numbers, but I think they were in top 10 usage, RPO usage as well, okay. too. So I think that will still be there in order to do that. Maybe it's tweaked a little bit more where they disguise it more, so it won't see like, oh, we know this formation's coming where we saw the late the second half of the season. Well, we see this formation. Everybody fly the ball this way because we know it's going to come this right. way. I think we can disguise a little bit more. But there's a part of that to it. I mean, over time, I mean, he's taking a lot of hits, and it's it wears on you. It, you start to get up. It starts to get every morning gets up. It gets a little little tougher to get out of bed and everything. And you want it's being that you paid so much for him, you don't want to be in the quarterback hunt every year trying to find your franchise guy, you have it already. So you want to do everything you can to maximize that and protect them again. But I, I don't I, – It's like over time we'll see the design runs go to the thing, and I think the closest thing you can do to that is the RPOs, and I think that's what Moore is going to do is try to use it more disguised, different formations, and, and try to maximize that in that aspect and still use it. You know, another thing that stands out about Kellen Moore, Chris, is, you know, typically his offenses have always fared well against the Blitz. And I think that's one of the reasons they brought him in, right? Uh, this coaching staff, Jalen Hurts in particular, struggled against the Blitz. But Kellen Moore coming in, now I believe, by my estimation, there's no excuse anymore for Jalen Hurts to not be able to respond to the Blitz. And I think with Kellen Moore being here, because he has such a proven track record with having top offenses to respond to the Blitz, now I believe the onus is on Jalen Hurts to take his game to the next level. We're going to really see who the real problem was. Um, what do you say to that? I think he puts him in a good position to do that. And I, I will give her, uh, more of that credit, too, because when he was with the Cowboys, they were always really good in red zone efficiency. They were really good in that. And the way that Moore does it, especially the one, the one thing I like is just looking back at tape more and more, they use that bunch formation. They, they still use the three wide receivers, which fits perfectly for what the Eagles want to do. But they use it in the fact they bunch them up and, and they motion them out to make sure they get a free release so that if you see the blitz coming, it's out and quick, and that's going to be on Hurts to get the ball out quick, not hesitate. Because sometimes you see it, you hold the ball a little bit, he'll hesitate a little bit more, and then he'll see the read and gets it out, and then by then footwork, pressure outs, what have you, is just everything's off kill. So it's one of those things where I think you'll have answers this year. I think you'll have answers this year to that. And one thing I really want to see is I wouldn't – I think one thing that could help and enforce it and help with that blitz. Use Devontae slot, Smith in the slot a little bit more because it helped him out. That's the one thing that I was, really, I was looking at the numbers last night when I was writing for a story for today. He's actually pretty, pretty effective in there. I want to say he's like near 70 some percent catch rate in that slot. And we all know the route technician he does. He can recognize when the blitz is coming. He peel off, he'll get himself in the right position. And you know he's going to catch it. So when you have all that stuff, that adds to that thing. I think that the blitz, there'll be answers there to be able to do that. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a bunch formation. Maybe you see Smith go in motion out late, go hook up in the middle and just present himself a target and dial back the defense off a couple of times too. Chris, let's go to the defensive backfield. Um, you, you mentioned Slay. I'm with you. You know, I'm, I'm fine with that part of it. 
let's hit a couple of these. Bradbury, do you think he's gone despite the cap hit? Will Avante Maddox be given the job? He can't seem to stay healthy. What do you do with the other safety spot with Blankenship? How do you, how how would you go about sort of reconstructing the defensive backfield? I'd probably look one thing. We know Rodgers is going to play a role next year. Isaiah so Rodgers, who was suspended yep. this year for for gambling. Okay. Yep. I, yep. So I think he's he's going to play a role, and he can be in a decent fit. I think, and I think that also plays a role with some other roster spots, kick return rise, but that's a whole other thing. I look at the I look at the way when you do that. I think they asked, and this is speculation. I don't have any inside information on this. I wonder if they asked Bradbury to take a cut. I wonder, or say maybe try a little bit more safety. We've seen him play inside. Maybe they ask him to play a little bit more safety. Maybe they still go out and say, you know what? Maybe it was just a different thing and teach him up and go out next year. I still think both he and Maddox are back next year. I really both. Do. I think mm. both there. Whoa. But I also think they draft a cornerback in the first round too. So okay, it'll be a log jam. Huh. Still have Keely and everything. I think it'll be a log jam and some of the other moves, but it will be one of those things where you try him out at safety. He's got still got Sidney Brown. He won't that that ACL. You know, it's going to take a while. So it happened so late too. Yeah. That, that that was just the, that was the roughest. Like, cause you feel bad for the kid, cause you see yeah. things were really starting to click, and he was. Yeah. Imagine him in the Vangio scheme. Like, hey, yeah. if you want somebody, that's what. And I think so. You have a backup, so that's another reason why I think Bradbury's back. But I try him a little bit of safety. I try him a little bit more nickel on the inside, and and you, and you do that. I, I still, but well, I still think both he and, and, and Maddox are going to be back. I, I really do think that. And worst case scenario, you know, you can use Maddox as safety too, because mm-hmm. he's has experience with that. So there's options there. They can get creative in some ways to try to disguise that, and that, so you're not putting them out so much on speeders. There's, there's there's ways you can move around that because Bradbury, you know, it was it was rough. Anyway. He's still a very smart guy when it comes to anticipating the zone and everything. But if, if Vic wants to play more man, which is shown in the past, yeah. So I think I think I still think they're going to be back though. And it, oh, wow, that's I'm, I I man, that's a tough. I know you're not, doing it, you're not doing it for the fans, but that is a tough sell, man. A to, very to tough sell. Back yeah. in that yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's a huge oh. tough sell. Um, Chris. And that's why I think that first round pick is going to come back. Whoever it is. Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid McHenry. I mean, I'm to think another, another Alabama yeah. guy. Yeah, well. Great, the greatest yeah. name ever, too. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only way the only way they could sell Bradbury coming back is if they draft the corner in the first round. That's the only way they can be able, they can really they can really yeah. sell that. Even um, then, Chris, I, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's so yeah, real quick. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about just the overall roster because I know we talk about the defense a lot, but the Philadelphia Eagles, I think, I think even fans really are underestimating how much work they, how much work they really have to do to not only restore the defense but to restore depth. Um, just throughout the roster, I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at the wide receiver, the wide receiver <laughs> room, and I see AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and then I see a bunch of cardboard cutouts. You know what I'm saying? I just see, you know, I mean, Brent Cubby is probably going to be on the roster because of the return factor. But other than that, when it comes to legitimate wide receivers, the Eagles only have two. AJ Brown and Devontae, everybody else is probably practice squad guys that just jumped onto the roster by the end of the season. And then the tight end room, Dallas Goddard, Grant Cacotero, can he stay healthy? But other than that, no real tight ends. And then the running back position, Kenny Gainwell and this some guy named Lou Nichols the third. So I'm trying to understand, um, you know, what's your perspective? On just their or the overall work they have to do to restore the depth on this team, and how do you think they go about that? Again, they have so much work to do this offseason, and I think this offseason is going to be one of the most pivotal that we've seen in the Harry Roseman era. I think a lot of that's going to be through the draft. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind signing a Brandon, uh, I think it's Brandon Moore out from the Vikings. That's a guy I would love to see in this offense. But you put him in a slot, he could be a slot guy because right now, Quez is a free agent, Julio's a free agent, Alameda's a free agent, and you don't know they're coming back. And, 
I look at I look at Moore. He's a guy who go in, as a veteran in in a way that you can use him. He's really fast in the middle because we always know how this offense works a lot better. He, he can be the guy that you want a quest to be stretch the field and then you let everybody work underneath and he can he he goes with the deep shot he's, he's, he had a good numbers today he, he had a good uh, reception uh percentage when it came to that and then also i think when you look at the running backs like you have to bring swift back you have to i'm sorry like i think he could do extremely well in this in this kellen moore scheme i think he can you showed effectively he can run the ball he could, he could catch the ball he he would be used more as targeted out the backfield and he'd, and he'd be effective because more likes to use two back sets like used to when he was the cowboy so that's the way but the, a lot of these other ones when you look at other depth part, spots i think you get it look day three for a running back there's i think you got a good class you'd be able to use that i wouldn't be surprised they draft a wide receiver as well to a day three two to develop and so you wanted to go year by year continuing trying to find okay how we want pieces together but they do have a lot of depth issues and one thing you got to look at as well too offensive line wise you gotta look at depth there Jack Driscoll, he, he's a free agent. Oh, Pat, yeah, lot, no. You don't know what's going to happen, too. So you don't mm-hmm. know. And you got this line getting older and older. You need some you need some back. It's, you need back there. So I think we'll see a, a youth movement in a way because we all know that cap the jailing contract as it continues to go, go. They need more cost-effective guys. And with all those comp picks that they have, combined with the ones they own, yeah, I think you'll I see so, Yeah, if I can quickly follow up, Chris. Yeah. Um you mentioned DeAndre Swift and they need to bring him back. I would love to have D Swift back. You know, let me make that clear. But we all know their history with the running back position. And, you know, just to put it in perspective, Miles Sanders, they drafted him. And, you know, the Eagles love their draft picks. They drafted him, um, developed him. And um, he had a career year last year. And you know what they did? They let him walk. He ended up signing a four-year contract in Carolina with an average salary of $6.35 million. I'm looking at DeAndre Swift's estimated market value. It's, it's at 6.7 million per year. I, I, I just have a I just have a hard time buying into the fact that they're going to invest that money into one guy as a position. Um again, help me work through um how they how how they make this happen because again i just i, I have a hard time while you're it. here chris help us well, help, help me help, help us you. Help, help, me, help, help, help you help you help you help you help you help you you know one thing i do i probably think it's one of those things where you can do a two-year deal if you back you lessen that effect effect over there i wouldn't mind seeing doing that i look at the fact where also you can play the waiting game because the running is as sad as it see you remember 10 years ago you say running back oh you need to pay a lot I think you could play the waiting game a little bit because you have all these big name guys on there. Saquon's out there, Derrick Henry's the out market there. is huge for running backs right now. There are got, a lot. It's bad if especially if you're if you're a guy who's like three, four, five years, it's bad because you got these big name veterans who've been around who's done it, proven it, got it that way too. And then you got all the young guys coming in from college. So you're like, mm-hmm. what's going on now? Yeah. So I think you could play the waiting game a little bit and they say, you know what, we'll give you the extra year. But you know you're gonna to have to help us out and, and alleviate the cap on this part. The first year and the second year you go from that too, or something or something like that, vice versa. But just to add I some perspective, it's Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Tony oh. Pollard, Austin yeah, Eckler, Cordell Patterson, Gus Edwards, Ezekiel Elliott, Devin Singletary, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Swift, Form, Deontay Foreman, Damian Harris. You know it's J.K. Dobbins. Um, there's there, there's some names out there um, that the Eagles don't have to feel beholden. To paying D Swift that number, so maybe because of the because of the sat- oversaturated market, maybe it could work in their favor. To bring I think he in. plays the field, and then they come back and they probably get him at a lower number because maybe some of these heavy hitters get. Not that there's anybody's paying a ton to running backs, but they're going to get better money probably than he does. 
And then when you look at the fact, like if he say if he walks, I look at Devin Singletary as a guy who I, I I'd be intrigued by. And then also if you want to play your Rashad Penny role to see where he's at, maybe J.K. Dobbins better coming off that injury as well too. Because problem is he's been he's hurt a lot, a injury bug a lot. So yeah. like, maybe they piecemeal that way as well too and say, okay, guys, here's our offense. And you're like. All right, give it like ready to do it again in 2025. All right, just give it fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me ask you. Uh, I want to go back to the edges. Uh, I agree with you that they're going to have to replenish that, but you have, uh, you know, Reddick going in the last year of his deal, and you know, I'm sure he wants to get a bump, right? Even yeah. though he didn't have quite the year he had let the previous season. Well, how, what happens there? Do you think are they going to come to an agreement with him, or does he ride it out in the last year of his deal? And if if that's the case, would he? Would he potentially want out if they don't extend him? Hey, Rob, throw sweat in there as well. Sweat yeah, contract, too. their contract. Yeah, let's go. Let's go time. both. Yeah, let's yeah. go both, Chris. It's rough, and, and, and I, you know, I don't have any inside info on this. But one thing I would, I think you do is, I think they want to wrap him up quick. But I don't know if his numbers going to be back. I think they want to wrap him up now because I really think in this Vangio defense now, you got to him running it. This sack toll is going to go up. Mm-hmm. We know it's going to happen. Forty three last year from seventy the year before. Yeah, yeah. This ha- is, there's hey, there's no way to go but up, but also Vangio too. I think they finished third last year in in sacks. Miami did, so yeah. you got that. You, you you got some more pressure coming that way too. So they're gonna try going to cheap. I don't know I, when it comes to sweat in that one too. I think they they will love them back, but you know, if, I think I don't know if they're gonna get priced out. Sweat sweat to me, I think it's can, I think he's gonna get some big money too. So mm-hmm. I would be surprised if Hassan at least you know you got a proven guy over he's throwing over years. And do that sweat, you know, gets streaky at times. So right. he's still good. He's good, still defensive, but he gets streaky. So I think overall, I think to try to get something done with Reddick now and all, because the last thing you want to do is have that distraction going into OTAs and training, you know, training camp, especially going like, hey, you see this? Because we asked him last year, and we know you see, like, he, he's that's one thing I love about Reddick. He's honest and he knows he doesn't want to talk. Okay, he knows that he doesn't want to create action, but he saw, he, he saw what Bosa was getting. He sees all these guys are getting. And the last thing was like, all right, cool. You want to do this? ball out and see you later he's proven he's done it before in the past so right yeah, yeah he rolled he rolled uh from from carolina that way yeah yep. and also just to add context to this conversation about those two guys the market value right now for of uh hassan reddick is about the estimated or the estimated annual salary is about 15.8 million he's he's making an average of right now of 15 with philadelphia already so the market right now based on based on spot track they believe that he's right on par with what he's already making mm-hmm. um and then josh sweat his estimated market value is at $21.5 million. Yeah. Here's the thing as well, too. There's always going to be that team, and then throw out the phrase that we've heard from another sport, there's always going to be a phrase, a team that's always going to stupid money because they get desperate at free agency. That first, second day, they're going to make a splash. So those numbers, I wouldn't be surprised at both of them. They both at the market. Those numbers are going to be a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, to me, I think Reddick, I wouldn't be surprised if Reddick is somewhere in like the 17, 18, maybe 19 range. I mean, because I think, when you look at that and, and sweat a little younger, I think he can get something decent too. He's only 26. That's yeah, the that, crazy thing about it. That's the big thing, especially with the you look trying to project them over time. And that was just, so, I mean, they we haven't really seen this team use the franchise tag a lot. Or, God, why does nobody use the transition tag? I mean, it's out there still. It's a I don't even know why that's still a thing. It feels it's like no, it doesn't even. <laughs> you it's, know it's, what I mean? This is anger a little more and more. Like, anger, like, why are you even putting this on me? Like, what's going on? Like, that? But who do you think the Eagles prioritize, though? Do you, do, you, do you think if they had, if they had to, if they had to choose, if they couldn't sign both, who do you think they prioritize? Oh, you're killing me with that one. Oh, <laughs> so, I don't know. It's tough. I think you go, knowing their past, if you go by off what they've done past, I think Sweat would be the guy. Just because I agree. I agree. I think it's the age. That's what um, I'm 
Yeah, I think it's the age. The, he, the fact he has that prototypical edge rusher build. He's more versatile, I think, than Hassan. He can play the run better. Um, obviously, Hassan is just a pure pass rusher. He's dangerous out there. He's a missile. But um, I will say this: Hassan's really good on like on stretching out those t- runs as well too. He doesn't like the one thing that I've seen of anything is I see when I look at Noel Smith, when I look at the Sweat sometimes too. Sometimes they lose the edge. They get some, mm. like an edge. You know, they're outside free. Next thing you know, they're running, especially with these. These McVay type schemes, the Shanahan schemes with that end around with the wide receiver, and then goes on the outside. Son, he does a decent job. The one thing I wish sometimes, like he he set, he fouled out a little bit more, but it's almost like taking like you want your attack guys to just go straight quarterback. I, I understand that when it comes to this, switch to the edge, but they're both they're both on par when it comes to running. They're both it's it's just tough. I think the only the reason why we get sweat to sweat is I think just because the age factor itself, but it's not as production. Last one for me, Chris, and thanks for the time, man, as always. Yeah, for sure. We appreciate you, Chris. D- didn't really get in too much into Nick Sirianni and, and your estimation. You know, I-, I know he was somewhat of a CEO because he he wasn't calling the plays necessarily, certainly on game day, but the role's a little bit different for him now that he's out of the scheming it up as much uh, during the week, which will be Kellen Moore's job. How do you think he'll transition? How do you think he'll handle that role? Um, you know, that's a big question mark for a lot of people is, I'm not going to disrespect him and do the what do you, what do you do thing because I think there's a lot that goes on. But but how do you think he'll handle that role? I think it'll be adjustment, especially if if, if Moore has the whole entire say on that offense because you know he'll still throw he'll still throw what he sees in there. It's like hey, I see this team does this this and this. All right, this is just I'd recommend that, but I don't think it'll be one of those things where now we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, this, this. It's it's I think it'll be adjustment for him and. For a guy who went from playing call, uh, play calling to still having some say to it, to now just basically being the the, the overhead, it's rough. Hmm. It is, it's, it's a little thing, but it's one of the things. That he, it's what happens when you lose six or seven. That's what happens when you get in the thousand on the wild card round and you know fighting, proving that hey, you know what, I'm coming back. So it, it'll be an adjustment, but I think overall, knowing seeing what I've seen from Nick beforehand, especially. From that first season to where he is now, I, I think he can be able to handle. He's 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 going with whatever's going so far, and then I think he'll still do a decent job in terms of that. Definitely. Tony, did you have one last one? Oh uh, yeah, final one for me when it comes to Nick Sirianni. Um, you know they they bring in Kellen Moore to run the offense. Uh, you guys said it. You know he went from play, calling a play. Um, Nick Sirianni went from calling the plays and not calling the plays, and then you know he was just creating the game plan. Now he has no say over his offense. It just seems to be a trickle down effect, and. He's, he's losing power by the season. Um, the next step clearly is losing the job. But, again, I'm curious to know, can you speak on the dynamic between Nick Sirianni and Kellen Moore, knowing Nick Sirianni's situation? And do you think he's essentially a lame duck head coach at this point? I wouldn't say he's a lame duck. I, I, I always say he's a lame duck because one of those things where if they go, say, 10 10. 11 and 5 win the division, get the second round. Like, I, I don't foresee him as a, as a lame duck coach yet. I'll put it that way. Yet. I think it's one of the ways they still, he still has, if it was one of these, the players still respect him in that aspect. And I think the main thing, the way, and that's the key to tell. If players just come out flat and just like, yeah, okay, or that's how you can tell you have a lame duck coach or not. They'll still fight for you if you're not. Like, my, I look at Mike McCarthy, that's the guy I see as a lame duck. Mm. They're like, oh, you see, you, there's similar situations now because, you know, Jerry had a direct influence. At least, yeah. at least with Lori, he may say, like, okay, well, I want this change to change that, but then he'll back off, let his guys do his things, and then if he sees it's going, and right. he'll jump in that way too. But 
I don't think he's a lame duck. I think he still has a lot of say. So he has a lot of respect to the players as well, too. And then from there, just let the chips roll with him, and you hope to see him back in the in the champ, at least a championship game next year with that roster. Interesting. Interestingly, too, Chris, just to throw this out there, it, it was speculated that Carl Scott was going to come here um, to to be uh, one of the defensive assistants. Looks like he's staying in Seattle, for what it's oh, worth. With Mike McDonald, wow. Clint Hurt, I think is it, it seems like he's coming here, but Carl Scott not coming here. For he looks like he's going to stay there as a special uh, defensive assistant, whatever the title is in, in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, why am I blanking right now? It was Vangio. He's his. Uh, he's with his with his staff. That's a guy I could see still on the list to come that way. Too. I'm, I'm blanking. I apologize. Guys, he was with in, in Miami. You're saying? I am, yeah, he's a. Uh, I'm not blanking it up. I'm blanking, but I think that's one guy I still keep the name on. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to hear a bunch of names. Like, I think this is a house sweeping, don't you? Uh, on that on that side, in terms of the coaching staff, for the well, most you, part. Yeah, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to think of a guy. The only so, guy. For Kenny, is it is it Kenny Baker, Steve Donatel, Wade Herman? One of the assistant passing game, passing game coordinator. Oh, uh, Ronaldo Hill. Ronaldo Hill. That's right. Thank you. Okay. Ronaldo Hill. That's a guy I still think is is, is still a guy that's on the list right now on and to do that. But yeah, the, the only guy I could see maybe staying is Washburn, Jeremiah Washburn. Okay. Okay. Uh, but looking at that, I mean, you can't. Secondary is tough to keep that, and, and DK and I think Hill would take that spot. Yeah. And some of that stuff, but yeah, it's. Get the brooms ready. <laughs> I think when that list when that list comes out, yeah, it's gonna be long. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, Chris, keep up the good work, man. Check Thank me you, out, Chris. Uh, Appreciate course, it. NJ.com and C Franklin News on Twitter. It's got links to all of his stories. Uh, let everybody know what you, what your latest is right now, Chris, that they can check out. Yeah, father. Uh, coming from that time talking from Devontae and AJ yesterday, talk about fatherhood and how it, how it's impacted their games on and off the field and. And also got into a little bit of the uh, in the story, got into a little bit of the slot stuff with Kellen Moore. We could see as well too. But I thought it was really interesting how much they uh, when you talk about fathers and everything else, and, and you see the way it's changing because these guys are still young. All the stuff they do, they go home. They still somebody still looks to them, and so it's like that. And it's impacted how they see the, their view of the game and in life in general. Gotcha. All right, Chris. Thanks, man. Always, always great insight. Thank appreciate you. Your appreciate time. you, Chris. Thank you guys very much. Y'all have a good one now. All right, Chris. Likewise. Take care, man. All right, let's get a time out here, Tony. Let's come back, and we're going to look at the the job that Howie Roseman has in front of him. Now, we we we, we touched on some of this stuff, but we're going to really get into detail here. Uh, you know, he's got two new coordinators. He's got to figure out, you know, if, if Sirianni is that guy, how they get Hurts back to being elite, making over this roster, defensive changes. You know, just generally, he has bounce-back seasons, but you can't just assume that. So let's get into all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis with you on this Thursday. All right, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances is critical. I'm right there in the front of the line. But I can tell you from personal experience that someone I trust is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. Uh, you might have a small business. You're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610 Nine can also email him murray m-u-r-r-a-y dot jim at principal.com that's murray dot jim at principal.com go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. are back. Yes, we are. That's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. Who's wrapping up with Chris Franklin. All right. So uh, let's talk about Howie Roseman, Tone, um, and the faith level that you have. Let's just, what we, here's what we already know. And there is such a long way to go. We haven't even gotten to the draft. We haven't gotten to free agency. We don't even know the entirety of the coaching staff. Okay. But what we do know right now is they kept Nick Sirianni. That's the, that's the biggest move thus far. Brought in two new coordinators, Vic Fangio and Kellen Moore. Let, let's just start there with your core three of your coaching staff. Um, mm-hmm. and, and let's begin with the choice to keep Sirianni. It's a little untra- unconventional in the sense that, you know, when you're bouncing both coordinators, you're it's a statement, but it's also, um, you know, it's a statement that you didn't believe in the people that were here, but it's also a statement and a reflection of the head coach that he's he's really on the clock. Uh, in a lot of ways. And I know Chris wouldn't use the word lame duck and I'm not using the word lame duck, but I'm telling you, if this isn't a deep playoff run, I'm not sure he's back. Um, 
it, you know, there, there's a, there's a whole different kind of heat on Nick Sirianni. You know, he went from unknown coach that they brought in slow start, then got hot incredible year last year. The expectation was to get back to the Super Bowl. Now it's, what is this guy? Right. You know, that's why, you know, I brought it up the way I did, you know, in terms of, you know, you guys said it, right. You, you lose play call, you give a play calling and then you lose control of your entire offense. What's the next step after that? You feel what I'm you feel me? So it's like I'm not look, I, I'm a I'm a bottom line guy. Um, I try not to be all the time because you know life has nuance, but I'm usually a bottom line guy. I'm usually a matter of fact guy. And um I'm usually an all or nothing kind of guy. This seems them keeping Nick Sirianni on this roster on this team, knowing all the changes they made with the staff. It kind of it it, it 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 smells like the Sean Desai move, right? You know, you demoted him, but you still kept him in the building. You took away all his power, but he's still in the building doing something. What sharpening pencils? What is he doing? So, I, I I'm I'm just I, I'm not a fan of the dynamic, I guess. But it all remains to be seen. I, I just don't know how Nick Sirianni. I don't I don't see how this formula can can last and and end on a high note. Um, you asked about my trust level right now, just yeah. Harry Roseman, just the whole situation. Right now on a scale of one to 10, 10 being I trust the Eagles unequivocally, one being I don't trust them at all. I think right now I'm, I'm at a five with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm at a five or six when it comes to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things went wrong this past season. So many, uh, so many miscues, miscalculations. The way, and on top of that, you factor in their philosophy and their and their process when it comes to certain things. I'm just, I'm just struggling. I'm struggling to really have undying faith, you know, in this organization because of the way they've made certain moves. Now, look, I am optimistic about the quarterback. Um, I'm going to remain optimistic about the OC because I'm curious. I'm excited to see what you know what wrinkles he can add to this offense. Um, I'm curious to see how much different. Vic Fangio's defense is with him calling it rather than someone else. I'm really curious to see that as well. I am. It's just a, it's just a, I'm not on stable ground right now with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm a, I'm really curious to see if this team was so horrendously coached on both sides of the ball. Now I can, I can divorce Nick from the defensive side of the ball. You know, that, that, that part's easy. They were just horrendously coached. Uh, every core fundamental. They didn't take the ball away. They didn't sack the quarterback. They couldn't get off the field on third down. You name it across the board, they were terrible. Yeah, and and also the players just weren't good. They weren't good, right? So that, okay, put put that aside. I'll be very curious what Fangio does. And Fangio's got a long track record. The other side of the ball was equally horrendous, if not worse. And and even though the numbers were still okay. So what I'm saying to myself, I'm trying to delineate if that was Nick or Brian Johnson was just so far over his head at this point. I don't know which. And we're going to know pretty quickly how much of it was who and what and whatever. Well, based I, off them firing Brian Johnson, th- that infers that they felt like he was the issue. But I think it was I know. And that's, where he just – he he bit the bullet for, for Nick Sirianni's deficiencies in my opinion. Could be. Could be, right? Could be. Very very well could be the case. That's what I'm curious about. Um, I, I do think that Nick can be the CEO guy. I do. I, I think you can be someone who is invested and involved in a lot of different things without doing the day to day as far as the offensive game planning. I think he can do that. Um, I think so too. 
but I guess I look at it as right, you know, John Harwell, Mike Tomlin, those guys are CEO coaches, but I feel like he's closer to the Jason Garrett side of things than he is those guys. You know what I mean? Jason Garrett was a CEO coach, but we all, it, it, Jason Garrett kind of just seemed like a face. You know what I mean? Nick Sirianni, he has to earn a hit. He, he has he still has to earn a lot of equity, not just with me, but in the NFL to even be considered, you know, one of the top CEO coaches in this in this league, like a Harbaugh and a Mike Tomlin. Um, he's nowhere near in that room. Like I said, I think he's more closer to more closer to the Jason Garrett side of things. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, that's, uh, you know, ultimately we're going to find out. We we know, here's what we know. It'll be his last year, if that's the case. If he's not, if he is a Mike Tom, uh, or a, uh, a Jason uh, Garrett type, Jason Garrett type, he'll be gone. Or even Mike McCarthy, for that matter. Uh, but he'll be out of here. I don't think that um, ultimately that that's going to be the case. I, I think the biggest thing, I think there's two very different jobs on both sides of the ball. Kellen Moore's job is to get Jalen back to being his best. And if he can't do that, it's the, all of it crumbles into the ground, into the abyss. It's over. Like Nick's gone. Everything's going to be cleaned out. Everything. Both, I'm talking both sides of the ball. It, it, this thing, you go into almost a bad place. So you got to fix, first and foremost, That is that is the biggest thing. I feel like Fangio is more at the mercy of not having talent. Mm-hmm. But I'll coach him up better than the guys did last year. I believe that. But it's a matter of getting him some. He needs players. Some players. Yeah, that's where, again, this is where it's Howie, right? So you made these moves. You decided with these guys. They both have had experience, you know, obviously Fangio a lot more. But Moore has called plays for six years. So you look at these guys, and how do you get Jalen back to being elite? Is it as simple as play calling? Is it as simple as, you know, fundamental stuff? Even though these guys are pros, sometimes they fall into bad habits. You know, you better unlock that. And if you can't unlock that, it, then, then I don't, you know, again, you're, you're, it's going to be the whole, here we go again with it's Carson Wentz over again. If you don't. That's why I think that I, I honestly think that's why the Philadelphia Eagles are looking at it as this. They're looking at it like this. They're putting what Jalen Hurts needs at the forefront than making Jalen, Jalen Hurts' comfortability is more important than Nick Sirianni's comfortability. So they're going to do whatever they feel like they need to do to make sure they get the most out of that quarterback, because in their mind, they've already they've already thought about what you just said. Yeah, we can't let this be another Carson Wentz situation that's sitting in the back of their minds. That's Jalen Hurts, the second quarterback they've given this kind of money to um, over the past um, seven years or over the past 10 years. Within right. a 10 year span, he's the second guy they've, they've given this kind of money to. So they know damn well they can't afford to blow this. They know that. They know above all else, they cannot blow the quarterback position. That's yeah. why I think Kellen Moore was brought in. Not even just Kellen Moore. That's why I think they offed Sirianni's entire staff and they brought in somebody with legit experience. And it begs the question, why not do that in the first place? Why not? Why not? When Shane Stecken left, why didn't you seek someone who had legit play calling experience on the, on the NFL level? You know, yeah, that, that, that worries me because it, it was contradictory. Got, it's weird to me. Like, what, what you had to go through this to, to to know that okay, maybe you should put some experience. You know, with your two hundred and fifty five million dollar investment. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's common sense. It it worries me that that was your judgment. Like you you blew it on both coordinators, and I'm sure Nick both. was all and Nick was all in. I'm sure on those guys, and that's fine. But ultimately, it's your call. It's your right. call, Howie, and you you couldn't recognize that. 
either. Brian Johnson wasn't ready yet. Sean Desai just wasn't the guy. Matt Patricia wasn't the guy when you pulled that you know, desperate move. That ha- that should have Eagles fans skeptical. All right. of that, that whole thing that we had to go through that last year. And then that begs the question, right? Did Nick Sirianni have more influence over his coaching staff last season, hence why they felt the need to strip him of those duties this se- this upcoming season? Is that I, I I think that's something we have to consider, right? I'm not saying Howie and Jeffrey Lurie had no hand in, you know, the staff going into you know Brian Johnson trying to decide, but what if they said, "Hey, Nick, you know we're you know we're kind of behind the eight ball here. You know we were in the Super Bowl. Um, you know we're going to let you pick your staff, and then we'll sign off on it." You know what I mean? Yeah. What yeah, if that? Yeah. What, what, what if that was the case? Um, and then they looked at it as Nick, you dropped the ball completely with this. We're taking over when, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're completely overhauling that coaching staff. I think, I don't know. It's, it, it's something to think about. Think um, where do you fall like, on that? Here's here's where I fall on it. I think they didn't give Doug any say on anything really. And I think they felt like with Nick, when he, you know, he wanted Gannett, he wanted uh, Steichen. And I think they gave him. Well, Gannett was say. hired before Nick, believe it or not. Gannett was hired before Nick. Was he? Yeah. Yep. I, I, um, I confirmed okay. that. I was talking. I, I was talking to John McMullen about that. Okay. Um, recently. Okay, fair enough. And, uh, fair enough. Yeah. 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 But but, but he did want Steichen, though. That's a fact. He did want Steichen. But I think they gave him more say on his staff, I guess, than Doug. So I I think that they wanted yeah. their coach to have a little bit more autonomy. I think they maybe they felt like they they sort of smothered Doug a little bit, and it worked the first time around. Okay, because they were they were both very good coordinators. I know everybody hates Gannon, whatever. But he was better than these guys. <laughs> yeah, he's better than these guys. But um. <laughs> I think maybe they gave him say this last round and then, and then that blew up and they were like, not anymore, man. Not only are we making the call here, you're, you're out of scheming this up as well. Whoever we bring in for offense is going to make those, you know, those decisions. So I think Nick is almost back in Dougville, if you will, um, with that kind of stuff. If, hey, right. if you want to stay, you know, he wanted to stay there. He wanted to stay with the team. I think that was part of the conditions. That's just me. Again, I don't I don't know that. No, for no, sure. no, 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 no. I hear you. Don't you yeah. think it's strange? Let me ask you this, right? If you invested in a $255 million project. Yeah. And this and the success of this project, the success of your company hinges on the success of this project. Aren't you likely or let me ask you, let me just make it simple. Are you going to hire someone with experience running a project of this magnitude? Or are you going to bring in someone and bet on someone that, you know, doesn't really have that experience, but you trust their instincts and you think they can do the job? How, how, how do you approach that? Some of it's gut, but you ultimately, I would err on the side of experience. I think, you know, I think played into a tone. I think a little bit was the Jalen relationship and you thought it would just be perfect. And you know, it wasn't. And that's why sometimes they say don't ever do business with friends or family because mm. it can get very sort of uh, murky sometimes. Exactly. You wouldn't hire your cousin to run that nope. $250 million no, I don't want my cousin anywhere near $250 you, million. You, 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 you wouldn't hire Cliff, would you? No, Cliff's not getting near that. <laughs> I, want Cliff. I want Cliff sitting next to me at the bar or in a foxhole if, if stuff goes sideways. But he's shout not getting near, <laughs> shout out to Cliff. Cliff's shout not getting Cliff. near my bread. He's not getting near my bread, man. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Cliff, man. He yeah, we love Cliff. We're, we we're love all Cliff. for Cliff, for Team Cliff, but not not when it comes to my paper. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. So, so that's yeah. why that's why you know it's when they when when they did what they did. Don't get me wrong. I was on the side of yeah, okay, Brian Johnson. I'll I'll roll with it. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But then as, as, as the season progressed, I began to think to myself, if you want to get the most out of your God, don't you want to put experienced people around him? Yeah. And yeah, then it the just it, 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 it snowballed, and it just got to a point where I'm like, they they, they dropped the ball with those hires. Massive they completely mistakes. dropped the ball. Yeah. And again, I think Brian Johnson, I'm not saying he did a great job, but I also believe he um he bit the bullet for Nick Sirianni. Nick yeah. Sirianni went into those meetings, and Nick Sirianni knew damn well he was not going to push back on anything. And I think they knew that Nick wasn't going to push back on anything. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, they pulled his card and they pulled right. And they forced him to um move on. They moved, they forced him to fire Brian Johnson. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure they forced him to demote Sean Desai. They can um, they can tell us all they want that it was Nick's decision. They're trying too hard to make us believe that. Yeah. So therefore, I don't believe it. I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. All right. So the, so then there's the gigantic coaching peak component to this thing. Um then there's the roster makeover. You know, I look on the offensive side, they have a lot, there's a lot of talent there. This this should be a good offense. It just should. I mean, there's too many reasons for it not to, and obviously a lot of it hinges on Jalen, but there's too much talent there. In fairness, on the other side of the ball, here's the question marks that you have, even on the defensive line. What's the contract status of Reddick? And is he going to be unhappy playing out the last year of his deal? Is Sweat going to be unhappy playing out the last year of his deal? Then you work your way off the edges and into the trenches. And you know, again, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. Is Jordan Davis going to grow up, frankly, and 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 understand that he's got to be in shape? This is not – you're not playing Mississippi, man. You're playing 17 games against the best in the in the universe, and you got to be ready physically. Uh, is Milton Williams ready to take a step up if Fletcher Cox walks? Mm. You know, and then who's that who's, – is, is Tui Polo to that fourth guy, or do you need somebody else in there? You know, all those things along the defensive line, and that's your strength. Then you go to the other side, and we just had Chris Franklin on, and Chris Franklin believes that that Nicobe Dean's going to be penciled in as a starter. I don't like that personally. Right. Th- then he he seems to think Zach Cunningham's coming back. So all right, those two are back, but man, you better get at least two guys who are real players, whether you're drafting them or free agency or making a trade that can play because you went into last year without any kind of plan B. Then you go to the secondary. He thinks Bradbury's back. I mean, there was a lot there with Chris. Like, I, I'm yeah, yeah. I and, and also, I want to make it clear too, right? You know, this is you know, this, you know, this is Chris. You know, thinking, trying to think what they're going to do. They're right? going to do. What not they're what going to do. do. Right, Correct. right, big right. Not, not not what he would do, and, and that's a big difference. Because I'm pretty sure if you ask Chris, what would you do in that situation? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm eating that money on Bradbury. Totally. Now, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe Bradbury understands. I'm not getting anywhere near this anywhere else. I'll take a cut. I don't know. I don't know. Or I'll take a restructure and kick and and, and defer kick it, down, it. The, like, down the curb. Yeah, that's maybe the, that's the that's the best course of action. Anyway, you slice has it, the, who's his agent? It's fine though. I don't know. But anyway, you slice it, man. Uh, that is going to be a hard sell to the fans. If you're running back this secondary with Maddox, Bradbury, and Slay, it's a Chris hard Coy. sell. Chris Coy Vanguard Sports Group. I don't, okay. I don't know. Um, but yeah. but. So, and then your safeties, you, you obviously there's, you have to get one. So now the corners are interesting because Isaiah Rogers is there. You drafted Ringo, you drafted Ricks. What we don't know is what Rogers is going to look like after sitting a year. What the young, are the young guys that second year sometimes is a big leap for them in a, in a positive way. So are they mm-hmm. ready to take the big leap? Safety. I don't really see an answer right now, I, especially if, if Sidney Brown is out. Half the year, I, I don't. I mean, he got hurt in December. December. Yep. 
He got hurt towards the end of December. I think it was uh, December 31st. Maybe he's back to start the year the way ACLs are now. I don't know, but can I really It was 31st. It's my birthday. He got hurt on my birthday. Yep, 31st. Yeah. Okay. So almost January. Maybe he gets back. I don't know. But but nonetheless, you can't tell me that they aren't littered with question marks on that back seven. Oh, absolutely. It's it's, it's a a dog pile of just question marks and unknowns. That's why when they went into the went into that press conference and spoke the way they spoke about that defense and the linebackers, and just, I'm like, wake the hell up! You guys have real issues on that side of the ball. I don't want to hear about Zach Cunningham having a good year or Nicole. You still have faith in Nicole. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear you speak in such a way that everybody on that side of the ball has to earn it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's like it's it's just it's 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 it's, it's delusion to an extent. Look, I have no idea when the Kobe Dean is or isn't. That's how annoying the situation is. He's yeah. got hurt. On we two learned nothing occasions. from last year. I if learned anything, nothing. there's more doubt than than belief because we were worried he was going to get hurt and he got hurt. Right, and that and to make it even worse, that was the night. That was the reason he dropped in the draft, and lo and behold, it played out exactly as such. The the moment he got on the field for an extended period of time, he got hurt. It's 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 ridiculous. And then when even he comes when he was back, on the field, he didn't impress. He, he couldn't couldn't cover anybody. Right, he didn't stand out. You know what I mean? Didn't really make too many plays. So it was it's just when you think about it from that perspective, the Kobe Dean should have to earn every snap because he yeah. has to stay healthy first and foremost before before I can even have an opinion about his game. Yeah. And then it's, it's going to get to a point where the health is going to overshadow the game. Even it, it, it's, it's going to be a point where there's nothing he can do. So. I think they really need to, and I'm with Chris. They need in the, in the first three picks of that draft, they gotta draft the linebacker. I think I think the first two picks in the draft um should likely be corner linebacker or best available. Like it's they need talent on defense. So I'm willing to go best available on defense in that first round. I'm That's, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, that could be anything from corner to edge. Linebacker. I'm not going deep tackle again. I'm not. No, going no, no, not, not, not that. Not but, doing that at all. Yeah, at, at certain positions, I, I'm with you. And it, and traditionally, I don't care what what the precedent has been. You, like you need these positions now. This is the kind of off season where you got to buck your you precedent. Get out of it. Yeah, you can't just yeah. chalk it up to a bad year. You, you you have been getting away with missing on some positions over the years, and now it got you. Because this is what they've done. They've missed, and they try to supplement it with the free agent hire. And then we bite that and say, oh, we're excited about this new guy. But obviously, we know that guy is not a long-term answer. See, here's the thing. You're going to always find yourself in financial peril when you keep missing on draft picks and you keep having to supplement that with a free agent signing. Exactly. That's why. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. They are where they are because they have not been. If they were able to hit on, let's just, let's, let's just go back to memory lane. How much, how, much would, how much of life would be different if they hit on um, uh, what's the, what's the kid that they drafted out of uh, Russell Douglas? How 
How much? Yeah, how much? Seem to how, figure it out later. We seem to figure or, it out or once they he didn't left. get the most out of him. I don't know what. Right. Um. How how much? How much different would life be if uh the the kid Sydney the corner that they just oh, out of Washington Sydney Jones. Sydney, imagine if he would have hit because he was a talented dude and dra- he was supposed to be one Achilles, of the best corners. He was never the same off of it. And then you know? yeah, he broke Achilles. Never the same. Nope. Um. How much different would life be if? Davion Taylor became yeah. a player. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of what ifs. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. No so it's, it's it's just they they were miss after miss after miss, and they've been chasing this white whale on defense, and they can't figure it out. They can't figure it out. So they cannot continue to put themselves in positions where they're missing on defensive draft picks, and they got to find a free agent. They they're burning money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and and what happens is when you do that, you end up having to make trades and sign free agents who are costing you either assets that you have to give up or more money than if you just drafted the guy and got it right. Right. And, and then your defense is your defense is always on borrowed time. Yeah. Always. You're never going to have a foundation on defense ever if you're if you're just going to primarily fill it with mercenaries. Right. You, know, you know, you know, fill it with free agents. It's it's not it's not a sustainable formula. I feel like every team on both sides of the ball, you have to have at least at the very least, maybe six guys that you drafted, six or seven guys that you drafted that are players, and then and then you sprinkle in free agents to supplement what you, you know what you have. Yeah. Um. When when you're so one sided, you know the offense is mainly drafted guys. There's only two guys on that offense, I believe, that were free agents or trades, and I think that's uh, AJ Brown. And DeAndre Swift, you know, when he was here. So right. um, overall, though, in the Super Bowl year, there was only one guy on the roster that was not drafted in offense, and that was AJ Brown. So on defense, how many guys were free were, were former free agents or trades? You got well, Kaiser Redick, White. All right, let's go. Reddick. Let's Kaiser let's White, Hassan Reddick. Um uh James Bradbury. Darius uh, Slay. CJ Gardner Johnson, Darius Slay. That's five guys right there. Yeah, your homegrown talent was Fletcher. Um Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis was on the team, right? Oh, Jordan I forgot Davis. Hargrave. The six guys that was um, Hargrave was a free agent from the Steelers. So um, your defense was on, on in that Super Bowl team. Six of your eleven starters were free. TJ Edwards was home, home kind of homegrown. You, you know what I mean? He didn't right, he right. Didn't sign, yeah, he was undrafted. Right, he, he was undrafted. So I consider yeah. I consider that homegrown. Mm-hmm. TJ Edwards, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams. And he wasn't even Jordan really a starter. Davis. Yeah, but I get, yeah, your point is a ton of, of – More than half of your defense was free agents. Yeah. How many of those guys are still here? But that's the, And that's the problem too, Tone. Like, like The good news is how he usually bounces back after a bad season. But the, the bad I news – I hope so. The, the bad news of that is like, – if you, let's take the 2017 championship team. Mm-hmm. He went – on a, a heater in the offseason like we've maybe never seen. That whole team well, think was it. free agents, if you think he about it. He signs Foles, which turned out to be the most ingenious move ever as he sits there as Carson's backup. LeGarrette Blunt, who absolutely was was huge for them, okay? Uh, Chris Long, who was a phenomenal uh, rotational edge that you got. Patrick Robinson, who started off slowly but then came on and had the huge interception in the NFC Championship game. Torrey Smith, Alshon Jeffrey. I'm just saying, like, these guys were all, like, most of those were moves that he made that offseason, but a lot of these guys were free agents. Um, 
and I'm missing a, a bunch of guys who who were who just played great for them that they literally just picked up that year or in season. They they went out and got uh Jay Ajayi. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, um God, I'm trying to think of who else. But there was a lot, man. But it's hard to get that much right in an offseason. Really is. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about that Super Bowl roster in 2017, a lot of those guys were free agents um, or, or guys they traded for. LeGarrette Blount um, wasn't wasn't drafted by the Eagles. Alshon Jeffrey wasn't drafted by the Eagles. Torrey Smith was not drafted by the Eagles. Um, who else here? Ste- uh, Stefan Wisniewski, who was the left guard, um, was not drafted by the Eagles. Uh, Brandon Brooks, not drafted by the Eagles. Uh, Timmy Jernigan, not drafted by the Eagles. Um Nigel Bradham, not drafted by the Eagles. Ronald Darby, Brian McLeod, Malcolm Jenkins, not drafted by the Eagles. That team, when you really think about it, how could we definitively say that they had a Super Bowl window with that many free agents? Were were, were we kidding ourselves? And I'm and I'm and I still haven't named all the guys, right? Chris Long, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, there's there's so many guys I can probably again call on, but were we kidding ourselves back then? That they had a real Super Bowl window with that many free agents comprising your Super Bowl winning roster. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? I think it's impossible to to maintain that. I think it's impossible not to. You almost that is the exception. What happened in seventeen? You that was lightning to, in a bottle. Literally, yeah, you you have to draft well, or else long term it's going to get you. And it got the Eagles. You know, it got the Eagles this year. They got to a great start, but it got them eventually. And yeah, there's some things you couldn't account for. Like I don't blame the Jalen turned the ball over a lot. The Eagles couldn't have anticipated that. There's some things that that are out of a coach or a front office control. Some of it, like we always talk about tone, some of it falls on the players. No doubt. But you, you can't tell me if we sat down Howie Roseman and I said to him, did you give whoever you want to call the coordinator last year? Did you give them enough talent on that side of the ball? I, I think the honest answer would be no. We need to do a better job. We need to upgrade. So you need to, you need, you have, a, you have a good amount of picks this year. You're set up kind of nicely as far as that goes. You're in okay cap shape. You need to upgrade this thing in a big way, big time. Absolutely. And, you know, to your, to your scenario about sitting down, Hurt Roseman, he's a lawyer, so he'll find a way to spin it. He'll say something like, talent. What does talent mean in the context of this conversation? <laughs> He'll, or he'll say, well, you know, we have a pro bowler here, pro bowler there, you know, former all pro there. I mean, sounds like talent to me. It's like, yeah. uh, he's seeing that. And that's what he did in that press conference. You know, no, I, I, I know. I, I understand know, what you're saying. You know, and, you know, yeah, but, but, but again, you know, um, you know, when I bring up the roster and the sustainability of it all. Yeah. Right. A lot of things didn't go right in that. A lot of things didn't go right um, this past season, but just independently, just, just more so dissecting their mindset and their philosophy about team building. I think they need to revisit how they, how they build in particular a defense. They drafted that whole offense. Yeah. The defense, they need to go back to the drawing board and figure out, okay, what are we doing wrong? What are this, we... this two tone could be an area where you address this with, with changes potentially in your front office. Why have we struggled so much identifying defensive talent coming out of college? maybe the people who are in place need to go and maybe somebody else needs to 
you know, make those decisions. Maybe we need to change the front office. Like we always, we always look at it from a coach's perspective, maybe from a front office perspective, how he's got to do some things with the people beneath him and change some things up. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Ziggy, thank you. Yeah. We talked about it earlier. He's going to stay in, in, um, in Seattle. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. Thank, thanks Ziggy. We appreciate it. My friend. Um, yeah. yeah so you're, you're absolutely right. Um, that was thrown off a bit. Um, Overall, in, terms of, in terms of in terms of uh, your college scouting, maybe isn't where it needs. Right, to be. right, exactly. What if we're in a situation where we have scouts saying, "Hey, Howie, this is the move you should make," and he's saying, mm, "I think I like this guy though," and then he pulls the trigger on the guy he likes. I know that that's the part that ultimately you don't know. I know we've heard the stories before, not just with the Eagles, but where scouts are banging the table for a certain guy saying, this is the guy. And then a GM overrides it and it, and it, it turns into a disaster. All you can do is make your recommendation. I get it. So I, I don't know. Right. But here's the sad part about it. Those scouts would, you know, those scouts are going to get the shit into the stick. Totally. Because the GM chose a player that they, they didn't recommend, but you know mm-hmm. what the story is going to be. Wow, this team, they need to fire that whole scouting department. Who's scouting these players that this team has? And if you if you ask the scouts, it's like, not us. We we like these guys. They're choosing these guys. So if you know, someone's always gonna have to bite the bullet for somebody above them. That's just the way it works. You right. and I know that all too well. So um this the this thing, this thing that Philadelphia Eagles got going on this offseason, it's gonna make or break them. I agree with you. It's it, it's gonna be Here's what it does, Tone. It it ensures that the coach is gone if they don't have a you know a successful season. Mm-hmm. I think what it really does is I think Jeffrey Lurie's got to take a step back and really examine things, you know, then with Howie. If if it, it you know, do I should I invest this much trust? What has happened here ultimately? You know, what how do I need to look at this thing through a different lens, uh, potentially? So you better hope that Nick is the guy you better hope that the coordinators you brought in. And again, how he's got to have, he's got to have tone at worst, like a B plus off season. Mm. You know, it, it, I, I don't see it getting much lower than that. And this team being able to, you know, threaten the 49ers or whatever in the NFC. I, I really don't. Right. I think, I think what they need, what they need. a, re, a, a re, Okay. So I, I want to be as realistic as possible. To me, their goal, because because they were so awful on defense, yeah, their goal should be to go from awful to being respectable. I agree, solid, solid's the, where I'm at. I, I don't. That's the goal. In my I opinion. am not unrealistic enough to think this is going to turn into a top five defense. I I, I just need them to be solid and let right. your offense. Can, carry can, can you be solid? Yeah. Can you go from being one of the worst defenses in the league? Can Can you at least be? Top 15. Yeah, be middling. Create some turnovers. Get to the quarterback a little bit better. And get a few stops. Them. Yeah, that's all. Because that's what I called for going into this season, going into the last season. I said, if this Eagles team is going to be successful, yes, the offense is going to have to carry most of the load, but this defense at bare minimum just has to be competent Agreed. and opportunistic. Agreed, man. And they were neither of those things. No, not even close. Not even close. All right. Uh, let's think. What I want to, I want to kind of pick up on a couple things off of this when we get back, and then we'll mix in some other stuff uh, that's going on around the world of sports as well. So we'll do all that 
when we come back. Uh, and then at one o'clock, our NFL segment. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, Tone and Rob. Let's talk about ProAction Restoration. ProAction Restoration is the place that you turn to if you have water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it, or, or something else. You're not really sure if you can handle it. Just reach out. ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. Uh, they are licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction, and I can tell you this from personal experience, ProAction Restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. I, I know when I had my issue with some flooding from the upstairs into the downstairs, uh, they were great at diagnosing the problem and also going about everything that I needed. I needed new uh, new ceiling. I needed a new wall. I needed new carpet. And they handle <clears throat> all of those things for you. So you're not you know, trying to reach out to three, four different uh, types of parties. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them, the, give them a call right now. 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
G-L-E-X Eagles. We're back. Tony and Rob hanging out with you on this Thursday. Hope everybody's doing great. All right, look. Let's kind of pick up on that tone where we were with the with the sort of you know in Howie we trust thing and, and and some of the things that are in front of him because he's got a, he's got a lot on his table okay you know you always you know, do when you're really quickly man doesn't it yeah Howie Roseman the relationship that Eagles fans have with Howie Roseman is so toxic we're so, like it, what I mean by that is like it's so up and down it's so I love you I hate you I hate you I love you. Yeah. You, you know, you're welcome over for dinner anytime. I don't, but I better not see you on my lawn. Otherwise, it's, it's just people like how the, the relationship High Roseman has had with this city has been so fascinating to chronicle. Yeah. Like you've covered I, I this think, team for a long time. You yeah. tell me, like, again, how fascinating has it been for you covering this Philadelphia Eagles team as long as High Roseman has been in charge of? You know the decisions. Hasn't it been one of the more fascinating arcs in sports? It has. I've never seen anything like it, in fact. Honestly, I have never seen anything like it. I've never, ever – I've never seen a GM outlast this many coaches. I've never seen a fan base go to the extremes. It's manic. It is love-hate, like you said. It's, it is – some people will defend him to the hilt. Others think he stinks. When he's hot, he's the hot. He's like Kyle Schwarber, you know, when he's hot. And, and you know, when he's cold, he's Kyle Schwarber, too. He, he is either Jack or Howie Roseman is the Kyle Schwarber of the NFL. Yeah, dude, like when he's good, when he's the – like you watch some of the majestic shots and you're like, oh, my God, did he just do that? And then there's other times where he goes three weeks without getting a hit and it's, you know, 30 strikeouts. And you're like, ugh. But it is, it is the most unique I've ever seen because usually – when you have the some of the ups and downs. Now, I will say this in fairness to him and the organization. If you look at their track record in terms of getting to the playoffs, while he's been the GM, they've been in the playoffs a ton. I'm not mm. saying they're the Patriots, right, but right, right. they're maybe second or third in terms of playoff appearances. Yeah, okay? yeah. They, I think I think they have the most playoff wins in their division since since 2000 or, or 1999 or something like yeah. that. Um, so they've won to- a lot. Yeah, just to keep the baseball references still going, you know, we don't need Harry Roseman to be Kyle Schwarber, right? We need him to be more of a small ball GM. I agree. You know, yeah, we need I, him. I want, we, just give me more we, hits, man. Get we need base. more hits. I don't care if they're singles, doubles, you know what I mean? The occasional triple. Okay, you sprinkle in a home run here and there. I need more singles Agreed. from Harry Roseman. Agreed. I need more base hits, bottom line. Yeah, and, and like we touched on earlier, you know, he when he gets it right, it's 2017, and you can't even believe what you just saw. I mean, think about it. Tone, he came back from from being demoted, right, with Chip to two years later. He's the executive of the year. It was he he was positioned. Well, it was known as one of the greatest comebacks we've seen. Right. Um, but and we thought that was that was going to be the standard, right? And you're in short, it made it to a Super Bowl two seasons ago, but they haven't been sustainable formulas. Yeah. So what what you're looking for from him is just more consistency. And again, with a down year last year, his track record is usually that he gets it back. But I, I, I to answer your question, I first of all, I've never seen a GM have this kind of relate this kind of volatility, if you will, with a fan base. 
but I've ne- I've never I don't know that he compares to any Philadelphia sports figure I've ever covered. It, it, think about this. Usually when you get demoted, you lose your job. Jeffrey Lurie d- demoted him, gave him a raise and kept him around. And then within a year realized he made a mistake, brought him back in. Then he came back roaring. Like he came back on fire and he got them back to, to the Super Bowl. He's gotten the two Super Bowls in, in a five-year span, which is hard to do too, in fairness. Um, but you look at some of the drafting, which has maybe not been the strength. You look at some of the choices that were made. You know, you, you've you've cycled through, you know, too many coordinators now here. Some of it not their fault. Some guys moved on to brighter pastures. And they have philosophies that you hope they're not too stubborn in, that they're not willing to come out of their comfort zone. And I worry about that a little bit. I, I worry when I heard Howie say, you know, talk about the linebackers. That that worried me. So I, that's the thing. I hope there's that willingness to be vulnerable and to be flexible and learn from, from some of the things that have gone on. I I don't know. Would you would you would you qualify Harry Roseman as being a risk taker? Yeah, I think he's I think he's very aggressive. I I think his I think he's he's great at I'll say two things that I think he's phenomenal at. One, cap management. But two, he's very good in in a draft night slash pre draft night sensing what's around him. He has a very good feel for other organizations. He has a lot of ties into other organizations. And he knows who's up against the cap wise, what guy's unhappy. And I'll prey on that and I'll get them for cheaper than I should get. Look, the, the AJ Brown trade is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Okay. That's it's a great trade. Uh to get out of Carson Wentz the way that they did. Yeah, they took a cap hit, but they got return on the trade for Carson Wentz, which helped which helped them. So mm-hmm. he has he's done, he's pulled off some unbelievable moves. And I would say this more good than bad. But he's got a. There needs to be a little bit more consistency, as far as I'm concerned, with him. Yeah, I think I think for me, when it comes to Harry Roseman, you know, as much as I acknowledge, you know, the you know the good he's done, you know, I struggle with the root of some of his decision making. And what I mean by that is, I think Harry Roseman, with all the success he has had with the experience he had being thrown in the broom closet and all that kind of stuff, he tends to, and again, I don't know him, but this is just me based, this is just looking at the moves and this is my opinion of it all. Yeah. He seems like a guy that kind of moves out of self-preservation or, or, or fear. And what I mean by that is he probably vowed to himself. He will never ever allow himself to get thrown into a broom closet again. I'm sure he did. And sure he did. I feel like that sits in the back of his mind. And I think that's why things went south with Doug, because he probably felt like, oh, no, that's getting too close to the Chip Kelly thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You, 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 you want more say? You want more power? No, that's a slippery slope for me. And I think ultimately he got into Jeffrey's ear and they ultimately decided to move on from Doug. You know, I just feel like Howie, he's – I wish I wish he knew his own limitations. I, I and I get that. And he, just uh, I'll play devil's advocate. How how many how many GMs operate out of that same mind frame of self preservation? Probably a lot of them, right? I mean, there's, there's I, only, I, there's I'm, so will, I'm willing to argue. That's a good point. I'm willing to argue there are more GMs operate out of self out of self preservation 
in a in a larger sense than him because he has so much security security with the owner. Good point. He has so There's much other guys that are on much more thin ice than these. Than he's most on. of these GMs, these teams are giving them two or three years to make some make a splash. And it's hard. And a lot of these owners don't have patience and they fire GMs before things really get going. Right. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that you got to give a GM at least five years to show you something. You got to at, at, at minimum, because especially especially if he's taking on a project. Um, so, no, you bring up a good point. Um, maybe not so much self-preservation, but maybe not the same context as far as self-preservation. Right. I think those other those other GMs, they're trying to save their their, their legitimate jobs in the organization. I think for for uh, for Howie, it's more so about his role, right? You know, in you know, in the decision making, and That's again, true. power, power, yeah, power, right? Mm-hmm. Power, and I think it for, for me, I, I just feel like he, he has to get better, and I think he has improved. Don't get me wrong; I feel like he has improved, but I feel like he still has a long way to go with understanding his limitations, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to personnel decisions. He's great with pro personnel. He knows how he knows how to identify um, players who are maybe in their final year of their contracts or, or finding a rookie deal, trading form, you know, leveraging their desire to get paid. He got swift for nothing, right? You know, I mean, he, stuff like that. Yeah. He's he he knows how to find the pro personnel. He's a great deal maker. Yeah. Um, he knows how to pick up the phone and you know get people to you know succumb to his will. He's very good at those things. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to identifying talent in the draft. He needs to know his limitations. Yeah, I agree. Look, especially I, I agree. on the defensive side. Yeah, and especially in the draft, and that's why you know you worry a little bit. You do. Um, and they brought in an offensive coordinator who tends to get away from the run. And that concerns me a little bit. I like a lot of things about Kellen Moore, but that is one thing I worry a little bit. All right, so look, certainly a lot to uh, lot to dive into here uh, as far as that goes. So let's come back and let's do uh, our NFL segment tone uh and we'll you know kind of circle back to dan quinn uh going to washington but some of the other things that are happening uh around the nfl which we will uh we will dive into as well don't go anywhere tone to shields rob ellis let's talk about flynn tree services yes flynn tree services is an experienced licensed and insured pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face uh they're experts trimming all types of trees and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit at pond lee hockey we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients and we're confident we can do the same for you With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back on this Thursday, Tone, Rob, hanging with you. All right, so big story uh, NFL-wise is Dan Quinn, commander's head coach. They did go defense. There were more defensive hires than offensive hires um, this time around. Interesting. So, yeah, it, it, you know, a little out of the box that they had been trending the other way, you know, uh, very heavily with the offensive guys. But, yeah, um, they, they go. You know, you, know, you know what it probably is? A lot of these organizations probably look are looking at it like this. Look. Who cares if we hire a defensive head coach? The OC is going to run the offense anyway. It means it makes no difference. That's the, yeah. that's probably how they're looking at it. But it could it could influence on field, you know, situation football decision making. Where whether you're a defensive or offensive guy, you're going to always make decisions based off your um, your experience and your instinct. And when you have a defensive instinct, um, you're probably going to handle your timeouts a little differently. You're going to handle the clock differently than maybe an offensive guy would. Um, you're going to handle field position or respond to. Uh, or respond to field position differently than maybe an offensive guy was. So maybe those are the differences, and maybe um, those are the differences in between the offensive head coach versus defensive head coach is how you handle nuances of the game. But overall, when it comes to just game planning and play calling, your OC is going to be doing it anyway. So hiring a, D, a defensive head coach probably isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, and look, if I, I think the way that they thought this was going to happen was I think they thought they had Ben Johnson in the bag. I thought I think they felt like mm-hmm. that was a done deal. And then Slowick yeah. as well. Yeah, probably. And and you know, if what we're hearing is true about Johnson, he he maybe just just priced himself out. Um, and that's something he's gonna have to look long and hard at because I don't know that he gets 15 or 16 next year either, for that matter. But um, so then all of a sudden, with all those offensive names off the board, Slowick was out of there, Jared Johnson was out of there, the Johnson's out of there. You know, they took they took a guy who had a, who got to a Super Bowl. You know, it's not like Dan Quinn didn't have any kind of success. Yeah, so quite frankly, they should have won it. 
Yeah. And has, has been a very good defensive mind. So if you bring in the right offensive guy and let him do his thing and Dan Quinn is, you know, they obviously they're going to hire a defense coordinator, but Dan Quinn is in charge of running that defense. Uh, you know, it's a way to get yourself back to, to prominence. And it also helps that he's familiar with the division. Yeah. I think it's a solid hire. I like, I know it's not sexy necessarily, but I think it's a pretty solid hire for them. I, I think think he'll do fine there. I think so as well. I think it is a solid hire. Again, he has familiarity with the division, played the Eagles and all the other teams twice, um, two times and, you know, twice a season. So, um, Maybe that was one. Of the, maybe that was one of the uh, the the basis behind the hire as well. You know, Josh Harris. Those guys said, "Look, you know, he's familiar, he's he's familiar with the division. He can he he could probably help us increase our win total just based off of that. You know, let's roll with it." And yeah. you're right; it's not a sexy hire, but I don't but I don't think it's a terrible hire. It's all gonna it's all gonna be remain. It's all gonna remain to be seen, though. But it's it's a it's a quality hire for sure. Agreed. Uh, Diana Rossini from the Athletic, who's been just on a tear. It goes that girl again. Yeah. So um, she posted a little bit earlier um, that what she was hearing during the hiring process in Washington, Bill Belichick was considered for the job per sources. The commander spoke with him and he had support from some decision makers in the end though, they chose Dan Quinn. So apparently it wasn't just the Falcons that that were at least considering uh, Belichick, but it didn't play out that way. So let, let's stay on that for a minute. Interesting quote from Tom Brady Sr., Tom's dad. He said that Bill Belichick is a great coach, great coach, but he lacks interpersonal skills. So I know part of that is like, no, duh, right? I mean, part of that is, <laughs> you know, we kind of get it. But what he also went on to reveal was when they went back to New England week one against the Eagles. So we, we remember this game. They honored Tom Brady and they retired his number and the, the whole nine. Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, said to Tom Sr., Hey, I made a mistake. My bad. Um, you know, I let Bill talk me into believing that Tom was done. He wasn't done. You know, we, we, and the rest is history. If I could change it, I would, blah, blah, blah. So I, I wonder if this tone, the reason I bring it up is if he, if this isn't, you know what he's running into here. Like everybody knows the guy is a, is a goat, mm-hmm. and but will he be able to get along with people now? Will he cede enough power to a front office and ownership? You know, it's not going to be exactly the way he had it in New England. These are the things that he's going to have to think about this off season if he wants to con- continue to do this. Look, ultimately, he's going to have. Ultimately, I believe that the, the decision is going to be his. For one, whatever, whatever he's, whatever he wants to, you know, concede or whatever, it's going to come down to him. But Belichick is a high quality coach. He doesn't have to fight for any job or anything. He's money at the issue. He should have, in my opinion, he should have uh, the luxury of being able to choose the job he wants, yeah. you know, comfortably without any pressure or judgment. Um, but as far as that whole Tom Brady thing. What is it with people run? What is I don't understand it, right? We're in this we're in this generation or this time period rather where people can't keep their mouth closed. Like it's just do we have do we have any conversations in confidence anymore? Like not like, really. Like is every Very few ad has to be reported or it's just, it's just 
what happened to um confidentiality? That's the word I was looking for. Almost almost uh co almost said covert. <laughs> no, no, people do people do need to be more covert, you know what I'm saying? It's just we're having to confidentiality or just you know, hey. By the way, man, I want I want to talk to you about this too. You know, man, we're having a conversation between you and I. Like, do I have to definitively say every time, oh, don't don't tell anybody about this? Yeah. It, it's, I just don't like where we are, you know, in, in, in society where every conversation someone's had with somebody gets leaked somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's it's so annoying to me. It's 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 very it's very high school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't like it. I don't like it. Like like Tom Brady's dad. With all due respect, my man, you old as hell. You, like you, you 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 don't need to be ripping and running. It, it, your son's retired. Like, yeah. what what good does a story like that do? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's he was probably at, my guess is it was prompted because he was probably asked about Belichick not getting a job, man. And, and, and maybe that was his way of relaying, you know, why he thinks he may not have a job this time around. That's all. It's. I think there's still probably a little bitterness tone. It's, it's possible that, that they let Tom walk too. I'm, I'm sure that's his son, right? Yeah. So you're always going to have a. It's, a it's, it's he's biased, but again, right, right, right. I'm asked, Rob. I'm asked a lot of things. I don't share my 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 feelings on everything. Same here. You know what I mean? Believe me. So we we, just, we don't have enough time. If I started, if I really started going, okay. Yeah. Just trust me on that, my man. Trust me. Yeah. So anyway, um, Mike McDonald gets the Seahawks job, uh, 36 years old. He is now officially the youngest coach in the NFL, and the Ravens have made a hire. Tone, they have promoted uh, Zach Orr, who who was their linebackers coach, to their defensive coordinator. So Zach Orr gets the nod. That name sounds familiar. Is he a former player? I don't know if he played or not. Uh, he looks like a younger guy uh, from the okay. picture that, that Baltimore put out to, to make it official. I don't know. Uh, off the top of my head, I'll look it up right now. Okay. Uh, let's see, Zach or uh, all right, here's his history. Uh, he's 31. Okay. He played for the Ravens for three years. Yeah, I knew I wasn't tripping, I knew I, re- I recognized that name. He was, yeah, he, he played for the Ravens, uh, uh 14, 15, and 16. Uh, he was immediately hired as a coach, he worked as a defensive analyst with them, then he jumped over to the Jaguars. Uh, linebackers coach. Then he jumped back to the Ravens. You know, blah blah blah. So he he was an undrafted free agent out of college. He went to North Texas, okay, uh, and 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 stuck for a couple of years. So that's his, uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, congratulations to him. Yep. Yeah. No question. Uh, all right. This is a trend that we're going to see more and more of. Jeff Halfley. He was hmm. the former head coach at Boston College. He's not okay. anymore. He left there to take the D.C. job at Green Bay. So he left as a, from a head coaching gig to go be a D.C. in the NFL. And a lot of the speculation surrounding his leave, and there were two other guys who were head coaches in, in college football this past year who left to be defensive and offensive coordinator with Alabama. They don't want the headache of being a head coach in college football with the NIL, with the transfer portal, with everything that goes into it. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, man, you're going to see more and more of this tone where guys are just like, I'll go make a nice living being a DC with, without these headaches. 
the yeah, NFL. you know, college, fo- college football has kind of turned into, you know, old baseball. And what I yep. mean by that is, you know, you can buy yourself a championship. Yep. You know, via, you know, via the nil, right? Um, obviously, baseball doesn't have a salary cap. You know, there was there was a point in time where people were literally buying championships. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just think it is it, it, it is rough waters when you're a, a program that may not be as prominent as an SEC program. You're trying to recruit kids. You're trying to be competitive. You're trying to put your team in trying to put your program in a position to compete for playoff or bowl games. It's hard, and when you and when your program isn't shelling out the money, um, you know, to, you know, you know, to motivate these kids to play for you, uh, it makes it more complicated. On the other hand, I'm also not opposed to nil either. You know, I like the fact that these kids can get, you know, can, can start making money off their likeness. You know. Like yeah. these kids couldn't even get part time jobs. They couldn't even get a part time job because of the whole NCAA thing. So, yeah. like, at the end of the day, they're still college students. I know what it's like to be in college, and I was broke a lot. So, imagine being a superstar athlete on a major program. All these, all these millions and billions of dollars, or all these ad dollars are coming in. Meanwhile, you're going back to your dorm, eating fruit cups and spam. Yeah, like no, it, I, I, it, it just didn't make sense to me. There has to be nil. There has to be they the I 100% agree. What there needs to be is some kind of regulations on it to some degree, and also the transfer portal's gotten way out of control. Like if you bench a kid, it's for not giving maximum effort. He the next day he's announcing on social media he's transferring. Like you, it's ridiculous. If you're not starting right away as a true freshman, you're out Mm -hmm. of there. Like there has to be restrictions on transfers, in my opinion. I think it's a big, 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 big part of it. Yeah, and so also this is this is what Dan jumps in. Chip will not stay at UCLA. Alumni don't support football. It's a hoop school. He will be in the NFC. I don't know. He might. Uh, I think he already tried it though, and nobody bit at least this off season. He put that feeler out there, you know, for for and and nobody took any anything off of it. Yeah, I, it he might, might at some point. But. Yeah, it might it, it, it might be next off season. Um, he kind of he, he kind of missed the cycle, uh, but. I mean, that's a good point. UCLA is known for their basketball, and that's and you know, when when it comes to money, it's all about it's all about what your you know what your boosters, your you know your investors, your alumni, yeah. what do they prioritize? What do they want to you know what you know what is the school known for? Uh, it's it's just it's, the problem. I'm, I'm not opposed to having it, the the ability to transfer. When guys are on their eighth school, it's like, what are we doing? No, no, yeah, yeah, that's a that's, that's a problem, problem for me. Okay. I feel like, um, I feel like each student athlete should have a max transfer. Like it should max out, right? How many typically guys are in college for what six years, depending the on if you're red shirted, if you're if yeah. you're if you're, you're red shirted or whatnot. So yeah. let's just say six COVID years. COVID threw everything off. Yeah, too. COVID definitely threw everything off. We're still trying to phase out of that. So. I think a max of three transfers is reasonable. Yeah, I, I would even say two, but okay. I mean, either way, um, I just think it, it, it's because ruined. there are situations where you're on a team and they're just loaded, and yeah, you and, can't and, and, get any time, and then you totally. go to another t- school and you're able to play. Like Georgia, perfect example. Um, they were so loaded; they were they had to rotate guys and guys. I mean, obviously they're not conditioned for the NFL. We're dealing with that now in Philadelphia, but right when, when your team is so loaded. You you may have and you know it's getting close to that time. Mm-hmm. You may have to transfer to another school just to 
you know, just to maximize your value. Agreed. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Hey, look, you got it's a it's a business investment in yourself. But what we're also seeing is guys who are in good situations are leaving to take the bag somewhere else. That now that is and, and what happens there is it becomes a have and a have not. So yes, Alabama take all the rest of the big boys, Georgia, whomever, they're going to be fine. You're you're be, it's becoming it's it's just going to be harder to have a middle class. You know, I feel you. Let me ask. Let me ask you this though, right? Um, I got your opinion, and I understand your opinion about the overall sense of it, right? I want to try to put you in it now. Okay. You have you have a son that's currently in college. Yes. If he was an athlete, Mm -hmm. and let's just say Temple was good. Yeah. And uh, you know, he played. He was he was a star player. Um, but you know, Temple's you know their nil isn't really moving bad. Is it, is it really moving? Is it moving the needle like that? It's terrible. Yep. And then he gets an opportunity from, I don't know, Baylor. Yeah. Ba- Baylor calls and says, "Look, um, we got a bag for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You come here. We know it's your final year, but you come here. We can we, we can guarantee you one point five million in nil. Whereas yeah. though Temple's only getting you eight, eight, Temple's only giving you seven hundred k, five hundred k. Yeah. What would you advise your son to do? Great hypothetical. I, I would say to him, how much, how important is it um, for you to graduate from this school that you're at right now? How important are the relationships you have with these people? Uh, and I will tell you this: it, it is a, it's a rare opportunity for you to make the kind of money that can set your life off in a very strong way. You need to consider every possibility. And also, yeah, he he would have to consider where do you see yourself. Do you see yourself being an NFL prospect? Right. Do you, you know, because if, because if you, because if this is just football for you and you really don't see it that far, then I would say, yeah, go take the money at Baylor. Correct. You know what That's I mean? the, the other thing. Yeah. The other thing you have to take into account, it's very tricky. It's not easy. Cause a lot of these kids think about it. Not many of these kids make it in the NFL. So That's a lot of these, right. a lot of these kids are looking the at opportunity. Yeah. A lot of them are looking at it like, man. I love, I like football, but I don't love it to play in the NFL. But I'm good enough to maximize on this level. I agree. Let me go get the money, and then when I when I graduate, I'll be good. I can set up a business or whatever I want to do. Yeah. My whatever my plan is. I think a lot of these kids are thinking like that too. I think so too. And if you can milk as many years of eligibility out of it as you can, you can keep making nil money. <laughs> Who's that tight end that's like on year nine? Who, yeah, who the, is the kid at Miami, McCormick or whatever? He's in his ninth year. Right. He is started it, it, at Oregon. Yeah. And who's the kid? Isn't Bo Nix like 30? What is he? <laughs> what is he? He's, he's been around a long time, Bo Nix. Yeah, he's, right. he's graduated now, but he, yeah, I know what you mean. I agree with you. Look, that's the, I'll give you uh, I'll give you a real-life example of this. E.J. Warner is Kurt Warner's son. He played the mm. last two years at Temple. He was a, he was a lightly recruited kid coming out of uh, – they live in Arizona, right? He wasn't, he wasn't on a lot of radars. I think he had like maybe two D1 offers. He went to Temple. He won the starting job as a true freshman. He played very well for Temple. The team wasn't good, but he 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 did everything he could do, right? And and had a solid sophomore year. He's transferring. Now, he doesn't need the money necessarily, but Temple stinks. I, I'm keeping it real. He wants to go. I, I think he went to Rice, maybe. I, I forget off the top of my head. I think it was Rice. He wants to go have an opportunity to play football at a little bit of a higher level. And who can blame them? I don't. I don't have fault with them. Th- so I don't want this to sound like I'm anti-transfer. I'm not, and I'm not anti-nil. But I think some kids take advantage of it to the point where it's like you're afraid of a little bit of competition. Yep, you're right. Right. He's transferred from Temple yeah. to Rice. 
So, and I wish him nothing but the best. No, no hard feelings, no nothing. Go do your thing, man. But, you know, and some guys, the other part of this tone is some kids get promised something under false pretenses. And yeah, they real, get there and it's not what quick, they taught. He went from being a temple owl to a rice owl. He stayed with the owls. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's cute. The other, the other, uh, there's another, there's so many good examples of this, but uh, Troy Aikman went to Oklahoma when he first, uh, you know, his first college stop was Oklahoma. And they ran like a wishbone. And he, we all know Troy Aikman wasn't a guy who was great with his feet, right? Right. And he, he stayed there for two years and it wasn't for him. He transfers to UCLA. Two years later, he's the number one overall pick. So it, it, you you got to do what's best for you. Jalen Hurts, perfect example. Jalen Hurts is a great he, example. He, he, he was at Alabama. Um, got his back. See, what I, what I respect about Jalen Hurts' situation is he stayed, got his bachelor's. At that Correct. point, what else does the school have to offer me? Nothing. I, I, you graduated. I you, that was your right, goal. Yeah. Right. He graduated. I know I'm not getting a starting job because you guys are prioritizing Tua. Okay, let me let me do what's best for me now. That's why I don't like the narrative out there that people say he ran from competition. He was never going to get that job, no matter how well he played. So he transferred to Oklahoma, positioned himself to get drafted in the second round, which then positioned him to get – a quarter of a billion dollar deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. Correct. All because he made that transfer. What if he doesn't transfer? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then He's on top of that, and then he stays at Oklahoma, gets his masters. So again, I like the way Jalen Hurts did it. People like to throw a little weird stigma around his, his, his leave from Alabama to Oklahoma. But the reality is he wasn't getting that starting job no matter what he did. He stayed extra year. Yeah. Graduated. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You know, show some show some respect for the for the guy's move. So again, all all these moves are not created equal. I think that's I think out of every out of all the things we totally. touched on, that's what we just ironed out here. That none of these moves are created equal, but there still needs to be some sort of checks and balances. Yeah, there's how, just there's how much you can many, transfer. It, it's too wild, wild west right now. It just there's got to be some restrictions, limitations. So if not, you're going to drive off the best coaches in college football. You just yeah. are. So anyway, all right. A um, couple other, couple other odds and ends. Teddy Bridgewater retiring. Uh, you yeah, know, good for him. The guy had a good career. Great conversation too. That was that, that was that was a good topic we brought up earlier. Like you know, with the the nil and all that. We have that a lot a, of those here, man. We have that a was lot. a great conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Teddy Bridgewater retiring, man. Hey, Teddy, hey. man. He had a fascinating nice career, career because of the injuries and whatnot, but still found ways to you know keep you know to stay useful. You know, it kind of makes me think about you know the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, quote. You know, in his uh. His documentary, about, you know, with his dad, yeah, he yeah. said, "He said, Arnold, no matter what you do, be useful." Yep. And he has a book out called "Be Useful" as well. I think um, I actually want to. I, I want to buy it, but nonetheless, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, main all throughout his entire NFL career was useful. And um, look, well, he was in the league for what, ten years, eight years. How, how long was Teddy I in the league? He, I'm going to say he probably hung around ten years. He had, he had a night. He made nice some a nice living for himself. He made a nice living in the NFL. Made a lot of money. Look, everybody's not going to be Josh Allen or Patrick yeah. Mahomes or have the Aaron Rodgers or the Peyton Manning career. And a lot of those guys that don't have those kind of careers don't get the respect they deserve, right? Yeah. I respect a lot of these guys for the just for the simple fact that you made it to the NFL. Same. And you managed to stay in the NFL. You did enough to stay in, to be useful to somebody, to get on someone's roster. You know, you were able to set your family up with generational wealth. How yeah. can I... No. How can I how can I disrespect guys like that? No, you know I, what I mean? It's levels to everything in life. And everybody's not going to be 
a top top 10 at their position. Mm -hmm. But if you're top 30, yeah, top 50, you're going to always have a job. Uh, Micah Parsons speaking. We, we haven't heard from him since the uh, the loss to the Packers. He didn't address the media after. Well, the yeah, game. I mean, he was a no show in that game. So I would keep it going. Yeah, keep it going. Yeah. So he says uh, the loss was embarrassing, unacceptable. He says uh, we were just outperformed, outschemed, however you want to put it, like they had an answer for everything. And people saying, "Well, why didn't you, you? Why didn't you go to linebacker? Because you know they said you could stop the run." Well, guess what? The packages are in for me to go to linebacker. So he's he's talking. He's not happy with the scheme. There's multiple packages, multiple variations, but I can only play what is called. Whatever the call is, whatever personnel they're putting on, I'm not putting out personnel. I'm not putting out calls. There's nothing coming from me. So blah, blah, blah. Anyway, sounds like he wasn't a big fan of Dan Quinn. So I don't know that he'll be real First sad all, that Dan Quinn's out of here. That's that's bullshit. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not rolling with that. Dan, Dan Quinn is the reason why we found out you were a good edge rusher. Let's be honest. Yeah. The, the guy, like the guy before was 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 did not know how to use you right dan quinn is the reason why we found out dan quinn is the reason why we consider you one of the more dominant edge rushers let's let, let's be honest about this mm -hmm. so i'm not buying that you were dominating in the other game we, yeah we didn't have yeah, it seemed to, it seemed to work what they were calling for you most of the regular season right but, but y'all got your ass whooped by an inferior team and all of a sudden dan quinn was the issue stop that i'm not rolling with that and that granted, y'all give up a lot of points, but to me, that looked more like an effort game yeah. rather than scheme. Yeah, come on, man, you didn't get any, you didn't get a sack, a quarterback hit. Stop playing, Micah. And I got, a, and I got a lot of respect for Micah Parsons. I love his game. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I like the personality. Believe it or not, you know what I'm saying. Um, I always, I, 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 I love players controlling their own narrative. I think Micah is a great player. But I'm not buying that, man. Come on, man. Take some, take some accountability. Y'all y'all came out lackluster. Well, what I don't like, and again, I know he can only control so much, but they're getting this probably from somewhere. Like when when I think it was his dad and his brother started blasting Dak after the game. Like, dude, you're not helping anybody doing that. Right. It's just not good for anybody. And again, I know he can't control everything that goes on with his family, but it's just a bad look. Anyway. Right, right. Yeah, you, you know, because sometimes, you know, you're doing you and all of a sudden you see something on, on the Internet about your family saying something. You're like, what the hell? So now you got to So now you got to play mediator between your family. And say, hey, Dak, look, I just spoke to my peoples. I'm don't 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 take that from me. OK, that's I'm sorry about that. Like CeeDee Lamb, same thing. Yeah, because um, let's be honest. CeeDee Lamb, you had a career year. Why? Because Dak Prescott was willing and dealing. Yeah. So people need to understand where the food come from before they start complaining about what's on the table. <laughs> That's a good point, man. Yeah, exactly. You're probably sitting in this very nice house because of my employment with that team. So just remember that. Anyway. Come on, man. All right. Couple, couple other uh, things of note. Chris Shula, if the last name sounds familiar, it should. He is the grandson of Don Shula. He will be interviewing uh, – for the DC job uh, with the Rams or Dolphins, sorry, Dolphins, Dolphins defensive coordinator. Uh, so we'd be going back to his roots. That's according to Tom Pelissaro. He was the Rams linebacker coach and pass rush coordinator uh, this past year. His grandfather was Don Shula, won two Super Bowls, five AFC championships during his time in Miami. Shula was college roommates. How about this? With Sean McVay. And joined him in Los Angeles when McVeigh took the gig in 2017, and he's worked his way up. So there you go. 
long connections uh, with, you know, with those two guys uh, yeah. there in, uh, in L a, yeah. So, I, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on. Let's come back. We got into this yesterday tone a little bit, but we didn't really get a chance to, to kind of finish it off. The, what the landing spots for potential quarterbacks and what teams will prioritize this high in the draft. And there's also guys who are just sort of floating out there. Russell Wilson. We don't know what his future holds in Denver. Uh, Justin Fields. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a free agent. Does he go back to Minnesota? Will he go elsewhere? And if he does go elsewhere, where could he go? So let's dive into the whole quarterback pool and how this may look also in terms of the draft. And I'll give you where the teams that may need quarterbacks are drafting to. So we'll do all of that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis. We'll be right back. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. G-L-E-S Eagles
All right, we're back. That's own. I am Rob. Final segment of the show. All right, so let's look at the uh, the landing spots here, potentially, for quarterbacks. Because some of these teams do have quarterbacks on the roster who started last year. But l- let's go AFC and then NFC, Tone. All right, AFC. Patriots. I think we'd all agree we've seen the end of the, the, the Mac Jones thing, at least as a starter. Yeah, definitely. Okay. They hold the number three pick. So, depending on what Chicago does, which we'll get to Chicago in a little bit, um, depending on what they do, you could have your choice of the second best quarterback available if you wanted, if you if you were in the market. So mm. it's it's possible, okay? Depending on what happens, um, I think if I'm if I'm Jared Mayo, I know he's a defensive guy at heart. It's probably tempting to grab one of these edge guys or somebody else. You know, there, you got to get quarterback right. Your offense was putrid. It wasn't your defense last year. In fact, your defense was pretty good. They're going quarterback. They got to go quarterback. There's no, there's no other way to slice it. Yeah. They got to go quarterback. Yep. I agree. All day. All day is where they should go. Let's go. Let's go Steelers. <clears throat> they have the 20th pick. <clears throat> right now, they have Kenny Pickett. They have Mason Rudolph. Um, they, you know, I, that neither of those guys work for me. <clears throat> uh, I, I'm, if I'm them, I'm trying to figure out a way to get up or I'm getting into play for Justin Fields or Russell Wilson oh, or Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I'm getting into that field. If, if I feel like I can't get the guy that I want that low in the draft, I'm going proven vet. Right. Right. Uh, see, Pittsburgh is such a, they, they, they're very passive. Like they don't, they don't, they don't shock people in the, in the deal making stratosphere. So, but I think, with uh with uh Rooney coming out with the Rooney's coming out saying that these time to win some playoff games, I think that was the uh the first shot across the bow. Mm-hmm. That they may do things a little bit different. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Now the other one is uh Denver. Russell Wilson's under contract. They have the number 12 overall pick. They benched him at the end of the year, so he didn't get hurt, so it didn't trigger, you know, an injury clause. In the 25 season, um, you know, he's under a monster deal. So if this were to be a trade, somebody would be assuming a lot of money for, what is he, 34 at this point? Somewhere around there? Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, So that's a little tricky, right? That one's a little bit trickier. But I don't – after the way that went last year, I don't see him playing in Denver next year. Nah. They've already made it clear that they're going to find a way to get rid of him. Come hella high water. Now the question is, where is he going to end up? That's the biggest question. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, I don't know. When I really look at the NFL, I'm trying to figure out where could he fit fiscally and, you know, from a football perspective as well. That contract is huge. And uh-huh. it just it just gave it to him basically. Uh let's, could 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 he end up in Minnesota? I think Minnesota's possible. I Minnesota Russell Wilson, Justin Jefferson, um Jordan at uh Jordan Addison. Could could Minnesota be in play? I think Minnesota's in play. I think uh maybe Atlanta. Maybe Atlanta. not in play for Justin Fields, maybe. Um possible. It's possible. Uh the commanders could, could, want to uh, no, that wouldn't work. They're gonna draft a quarterback, I think. Yeah. Maybe the Raiders. Raiders are a possibility. Yeah, Raiders uh, are a possibility. 
Could Russell Wilson end up? Nah, he's not going to. That won't work either. Hmm. The bottom line is, man, it's it's murky out there for Russell Wilson because of that contract. Yeah, I agree. It is. Uh, all right, let's go to the Raiders. Jimmy G, that's over. I mean, Aiden O'Connell was a rookie last year who was sort of forced, pressed into service mm -hmm. to play for them last year. Um, they had the number 13 pick. So, you know, you're in you're in range to either grab up maybe like the third guy or, you know, move up a little bit, potentially, mm -hmm. if there's somebody there you like. Look, here's the thing, man. <clears throat> Brett. Brock Purdy, try to follow me here. Brock Purdy kind of shifted the narrative on how teams are going to start viewing that quarterback position because he's making less than a million dollars and less than a hundred k of his contract is guaranteed. By the way, I think only about seventy five grand is guaranteed of his contract. So what I'm saying is, our organization is going to start focusing on building their rosters and then grooming or developing. Um a later draft pick at quarterback, you know, try to put the pieces around him and see if he can manage that and just create this ecosystem where he can thrive in. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, so, you know, so they're not leveraging so much or so many of their assets in the quarterback position in the first round. Maybe, you know, again, if Brock Purdy wins this Super Bowl, man, it's going to shift the way teams look at the quarterback position. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles had it in 17, right? I mean, Wentz was a high pick, but he was still on his rookie deal. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you had it. You had it in twenty twenty two with with Hertz. Yeah, who was on a second yeah. round contract. So yeah, I mean that's a, it's a it's a big advantage. It is. Yeah, because you know if if I'm, if I'm an organization, what if, if I'm not thrilled, if I'm not sold on a quarterback class, what incentive do I have to really just jump up? I mean, unless I have an owner that's pressing me, but other than that, what incentive do I have to really just draft the guy because they're they're saying he's one of the better prospects? Yeah. If I'm not if I if I'm not enthused with any of the prospects. I'm going to build my team out and then maybe draft a guy in the later rounds, maybe, maybe fall maybe fall on a guy who maybe fouled a favor or diamond in the rough. You never know. I'm willing to, I'm willing to roll the dice on that. Then, you know, draft a guy high that I'm not even completely sold on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. Now here's another tricky one. You know, the jets, the jets are very tricky. You got Rogers at 41 next year coming off an Achilles. You know, if there's somebody you really like who, who let's say, falls, one of the quarterbacks for whatever reason starts falling towards you, what do you do? If I'm them, I'm drafting a quarterback somehow, some way. I don't if it's second round, third round. I, I, I got I got to leave that draft with at least two quarterbacks. <laughs> I need I need to give myself a sample size. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I want these guys in there competing. Um, to, you know, to be the number two. And study Rodgers as much as you can because he this might be his last year in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, and it, 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 you know, that's the thing that is that's like a time bomb. That whole thing, you know, with that story that came out with how dysfunctional they were. There's a lot that could happen there. All right, let, yeah. let's uh, let's hop over to the NFC now. The the Commanders they have the number two pick. See, they're interesting too because are they going to go quarterback or do they feel like? They want to continue to nurture Sam Howell. If it's me, I'm going quarterback. I'm going quarterback too. I, I mean, I know he killed the Eagles, um, but I'm I don't think so. I mean, he he threw for almost four thousand in his defense, almost four thousand yards, but 
21 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, 78 passer rating, 63 completion. You know, that's not great um, to say the he least. St- he started off all right, and then he, he kind of fell off a cliff. He did. I, it, he, it sort of strikes me. It's it's hard to say because it was only his second year and his first year as a starter. But mm-hmm. strikes me as a could play a long time as a backup guy. Mm-hmm. I see what you mean. One of those guys that can, you know, get you through maybe a couple games, a few games. If your quarterback gets hurt, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe he goes two and one in a three game stretch. Maybe he goes two and two in a four game stretch. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what it feels like to me. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't if I'm. Them, I'm drafting one. I'm drafting one as well. You, you don't often get the opportunity at number two. Could could Washington be in play for Russell Wilson? Maybe, maybe. You know, you know, Josh Harris. You know, I could I, if, if I'm him, I want to get this team relevant and get this fan base excited as quickly as possible. Yeah. Maybe making a splash for Russell Wilson. You got Terry McLaurin. You got Jahan Dotson. You got a solid running back room. Your uh, your old line is obviously the question. Um, I, th- I feel like you got a solid defense. You bring Russell Wilson in, it can definitely reinvigorate, you know, some interest in the, in, in the franchise. It could. It could. And it, it's more of an immediate way to, to try to win now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, but you're, you're, immediately, you're immediately competing in your division if you bring yeah. in Russell Wilson. The only thing is, it, 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 this particular year, if you're sitting at two, if Chicago trades out of that one, you get you get the pick of the litter who you want. Of the quarterbacks coming out. You really and, love Caleb Williams that much, or I don't know, Drake May, whatever. You get whoever you want. Yeah, Tom you know Cole. what? You know what? You know what? You draft the quarterback, you sit him for a year. See, yeah. I wouldn't rush. I wouldn't, you I wouldn't could do rush that. You could thing. play Hal this year. Yeah, you could play Hal this year. Yeah. Yep. I, 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 w- I wouldn't rush this thing at all. You know what yeah. I mean? No, yeah. me, me, me drafting the kid number one or number two overall is a clear indication that he's going to be my future. Yeah. But and Sam Howell's going to know that immediately. So I, I'm I'm never opposed to sitting sitting a quarterback, especially. I'm never opposed to sitting my quarterback for the first full year and just let him, you know, watch. You know, every now and again you come across a CJ Stroud who hits the ground running. Yep. Right. Every now and again. But Mahomes sat the whole first year. He played the last game of the season, something like that. But he sat the first year. And um I'm trying to think who else sat their first year for the most part. Uh Jalen Hurts sat for the most Jaylen part, did. and then and then he came in, you know, in the final four games, you know. It's yeah, I, it I think there's benefits to Jordan Love. That yeah. look how well Jordan, Jordan Love. Came yeah, up. that's that's what I was thinking about. Yes, Jordan Love. I was trying to find another name. Jordan Love. Yes, he sat for the first couple years actually. Yep. All right, so, here's here's a tricky one. Chicago, you have okay. number one and you have number nine. You're sitting there with two top tens and. You have Justin Fields, so you can either trade him and really yeah. go nuts loading up, or you, you take if it's Caleb Williams, you take him at, at at nine, or sorry, at one, and then at nine, you can still get a quality whatever you're looking for here: receiver, O lineman, edge. Yeah. Although Here's they made the a couple moves for edge rushers, yeah. Here's the thing: Chicago, they're idiots. So it's so it's do I trust Chicago with the first and the ninth overall pick in the NFL draft? Do I trust them really? And then you got Justin Fields. Look, the first domino that has to fall is what are you gonna do with Justin Fields? That's the first domino that has this is the first decision. Yeah, and and I would hope you have your mind made up already. Now I you, th- you, 
Some I don't, of this is what you get in return. Yes. I don't I personally feel like a decision like that, you better have your mind made up well before draft day. Yeah. If you if you on draft day and you step in your mind have your mind made up, you're in dangerous territory. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Hey, listen to this story real quick. And we'll go back to the quarterbacks. Yes. So a woman was on a on a flight from Baltimore to Phoenix and had a mid-flight medical emergencies. The doctor and the nurse attending to her couldn't find a strong pulse. Her blood pressure pressure, excuse me, was extremely low and she required oxygen to breathe. It was very scary. A man in the aisle seat popped up. Could it be her blood sugar? I have a diabetic testing kit. And it was Mark Andrews from the Ravens. So he instructed the medical personnel uh, on how to use it and how to get the testing kit going. Paramedics met the flight as soon as it landed. Andrews uh, deplaned quietly, no fanfare, uh, you know, just kind of got out of there. But if he didn't have that, th- this woman, who knows what may have happened to that woman. So, so, so did it, so did it end up being, yeah, she was okay. Relief? She ended, that's what it ended up being. And he, he was the one who, he was ready with his kit. I guess he, maybe he's a diabetic. I don't know, but no, he, that, he, he is, he is. Um, Mark okay. Andrews, Mark Andrews checks his, um, he has to check his insulin. Yeah, his right. insulin after every time he's on the field. Okay, he, he checks and he checks his ins, insulin whenever they come off the field. Yeah, whenever he comes off the field, he checks the insulin. He wow. he checks it. He ha, he checks it about six, seven, eight times a game. Okay, that's pretty cool though that he he stepped up and helped yeah. that helped I, that lady. I, I heard about that story. I heard about that story with him and his. Yeah, he 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 has to check his okay. insulin several okay. times a game. Um. I, I don't know what type of diabetes he has, though. I don't but, know. Yeah. But he has to check it regularly. And that's, that's a pretty cool story, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, good for him. Good yeah. for him. Very cool. Not all heroes wear capes. Sometimes they wear <laughs> Ravens jerseys. Uh, all right. Let's go to the Vikings. They own the 11 pick, and Kirk Cousins is up. He's a free agent. Do they bring him back at a lower number? Do I think Minnesota's? Know. I think Minnesota's looking for a change of pace. Okay. I think there are. I think I, I think Kurt is going to get paid this offseason for sure. I think he's because because the uh, well, there's the so franchi- few. Yeah, the, the franchise tag now is I think 35 million for quarterbacks. Estimated going into the 2024 offseason, I think it's about 35 million. Yeah. So I I think I I think Kurt is going to easily get 40 40 million on the open market easily because just because of the nature of the position. He's he plays the position well. He's just he just chokes every now and again. But he's he he's he's going to he's going to put up the numbers. He's going to move the ball. He's going to have you in every game that you're in. Mm-hmm. But you know he you know don't don't feed him after midnight. You know what I mean? It's like that. Like he's he he just can't get things done on on prime time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that one's going to be one to watch. That's for sure. All right. Uh, beyond that, real quick, and I'll get back to the uh, to a couple other teams. The NBA has fined the Sixers $75,000 for a misleading injury report prior to the Denver game. Oh, the Joel Embiid thing. Yep. Violation of, you know, re, re, didn't didn't list his injury early enough, I guess, a.k.a. not early enough for the gamblers. And then they, they sat him right before the game started. Mm-hmm. It's always about the gamblers. Everything comes down to money, 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 money. Yes, sir. Yep, always, always does. That's for sure. All right, uh, all right. Back to where we, we were. So let's jump off the Vikings. Let's go to the Falcons. Number eight pick, They're Desmond Ritter. Yeah, Desmond Ritter. I, I, I'm not a big fan, but the, he is. He was there. What was he? A second or third? A couple years back. Yeah, he's there. 
maybe they're in the market to get one of the vets. Maybe they're in the market to draft somebody. Um, I could. Why does Russell Wilson feel like a possibility there, or Justin Fields from Chicago? No, I, I, I'm with you on that. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson actually seems. The more you say it, the more I start to believe it. Because let's be frank about this. Russell Wilson ain't going nowhere that Sierra don't sign up on. Correct. She would she'd like Atlanta. Yeah. She would love Atlanta. Trust me. And I think she's from there. She's from that area, if I'm not mistaken. I think Atlanta, let, me, let me double check that. But regardless, uh she's uh I mean he's I said she. <laughs> he's from Virginia. Uh, I don't know where she's from. Uh, originally, I, I think he, and I also think he was an army brat. So I think he moved around, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I couldn't tell you where she's from. Yep. Atlanta, Georgia. She's from Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. I think, I think we just found his, uh, his landing spot. Could be. You heard it here for, you heard it here first. We have we have no, we have no, uh, insider knowledge, but Rob and no. I are, we just did putting our name one. on it here. Okay. We're yep. putting our name yep, on this. We are Russell we Wilson. Are. Will, Russell, Russell Wilson will end up in Atlanta. Okay, you heard it here first, you guys. I like it. All right, we got we got a little less than ten here to go and show. Let's hit a couple other things here. Uh, sure. Shockingly, Ben Simmons didn't play last night. Uh, he came back from the yes thirty-eight game layoff. Played the other night. Everybody was excited, uh, but he got a knee conto- contusion towards the end of the game that he played in and sat last night as uh, as the Brooklyn uh, Nets lost to Phoenix Kevin Durant's return by the way they gave Kevin Durant a return video he was there for five minutes we don't have now to give he, everybody that's, what are we doing not everybody deserves I'm, a video okay everybody does he even not said don't give me one in, in Kevin Durant's defense he was like don't do it I I, we, I don't need it please I I am I'm good and they still insisted on doing it. like no because because people are always trying to kiss ass and satisfy some kind of bottom line it's Listen, man. You're right. I feel like I feel like I've been seeing too many of those. Like Damian Lillard returned to Portland last night. He deserved that. Oh, a hundred percent. That's Damian totally deserved. That they they totally deserve different. that. Yeah. But if I'm there for a hot second, the hell are you giving me a a video for? Like Bradley Bill returned to Washington. He deserves a video. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's, that happened earlier in the season. Somebody else returned somewhere, and they gave them this little corny ass video. Yeah. Can't remember, but yeah, you're right. I'm with you on that. Please. Okay. That's it's, it's weird. All right. Uh the Bucks, speaking of Dame Lillard, 0-2 under Glenn Rivers. 0-2. Let's keep Glenn. it going, people. Let's keep it going. Let's see the Bucks got next. Hey, listen, man. It makes me think about the whole James Harden thing when he, when he got traded. They they were bad at first. So let's just, you know, and now now they're I think they're third in the in the West. So they're winning the games now. They they they're figuring it out. They're we'll see how far Dallas, they go at Dallas Saturday. Uh, yeah, so. are, are the, uh, yeah, no, the, the Clippers have come on. They, they've come. Yeah, on yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see if the Buccaneers can come on. Look, the book. I, mean, I said Buccaneers. Jeez, yeah. the Bucks. Yeah, we'll see. The, we'll, we'll see if the Milwaukee Bucks can come on. Um, granted, they still have a top three record in their conference. So they're top. That's two. why when they that's why firing their head coach Adrian Griffin was like, uh, I think I think he fired him because your superstars didn't like him. Yeah, that it's just that simple for it's me. Like Giannis being surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also their defense was lackluster. But I mean, look, you traded Drew Holiday for Damian Lillard. Um, yeah. I could have told you your defense was going to fall off. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, they're um, 
Do you realize the Sixers are the number five seed now? Well, they were pretty close in yeah, between. It's close. Like, They're only a game back of three. Yeah, yeah, or a half like, game back of four. Yeah. yeah, even yeah, even when they were the third seed, I think it was the, it was like a game, a half a game. The split. Knicks are hot. Knicks have won eight in a row and nine of ten, so they've made a real move here. They're, they're now it's, thirty-one and seventeen. They're the three seed. Yeah, um, somebody probably gonna think I'm a hater, but as long as you got Julius Randle, I feel like you you can't get anywhere but the second round. Yeah, I, I, I think Julius Randle's game is. I think it's limited. I I think he's a he's a ball stopper uh he's a and- ball stopper and i think i don't mean no harm man he thinks he's a he's a, he thinks he's a better shooter than where he really is he does the, the worst thing that can happen is he hits an early three because then he starts launching a little bit too that's much. the worst thing that can happen <laughs> just get to the paint man be aggressive you know play in the mid-range game you know you know shoot just shoot your spot up threes when it comes to you but other than that yeah you know um, I just I, I never been a fan of Julius Randle's game. He's not my I like a lot of the guys on that team, but I'm yeah, not I'm a Jalen Brunson guy. Jalen yeah, Brunson made that team relevant. How can Jaylen you love Jalen Brunson? Impossible not to love that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh listen to this free throw disparity last night. Purdue played Northwestern. It went to overtime. Purdue won at Purdue. Purdue shot 46 free throws to Northwestern's eight. 46 to that eight. That sound like that's not like an NBA game with those free throws. That is unbelievable. And Chris Collins, Northwestern's coach, Doug Collins' son, lost his mind at the end in overtime. He ran onto the floor, got ejected, you know, kind of did the heel move of like, you know, getting the crowd going as they're screaming and, you know, mm-hmm. at him as he walked off. But hard not to, you know, fault him. I would that. be pissed. Yeah. I would, especially if I'm, especially if I'm, I have a front row seat to see that you're clearly favoring another team. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if um. Well, is, is there any sort of regulatory council to re- to look at that game? and yeah, every the- every official in the in the NBA and in college gets reviewed by by their you know at, at the end of the game every couple of games or whatever, and they and they go through it. They all get they all get. Yeah, is that what you mean? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's that has to be investigated. It makes no sense. How many? Six, how many was it again? What, what was the disparity? To eight. Forty-six to eight. So they shot thirty-eight more. How do we? How, how do we justify that well, in, in cooking, sport? Well, I think a couple things. It's it's at Purdue. They have Zach Eady, who's who's Godzilla-ish. He's gigantic, um, and he got to the free throw line a lot. But that's that is an extreme. That's a, that. Like I, I, if it was thirty-five to fifteen. Eh, Here's here's the here's the problem. Here's what I think that um, Collins' problem. I don't think his problem is the fact that you called all those fouls on my team. I think his real problem is hold on, wait, where are the fouls on them? Right, right. Okay, yeah, they shot forty six free throws. Fair enough. Where are our free throws? That's the real problem. Because if they shot forty six, and like you said, if you shot fifteen or even twenty, all right, whatever. But. To only allow my team, you basically sent my team to the free throw line for on four different occasions. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, it doesn't matter. The math not mathing, Rob. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that, um, you know, the other thing that, that Chris Collins pointed out was like, hey, we weren't just standing around the perimeter, not being aggressive, not launching, you know, just launching threes or whatever. You know, our guys were, were taking it to the basket. We just weren't getting the calls throughout the course of the night. So I, I think that's one 
when you have an extreme like that, there's a red flag that's going to go up. You know, Collins will get fined and all that, but the NCA is going to look at this one. I think they should because it's that it's that big a deal. Uh, all right, elsewhere, uh, Caitlin Clark of Iowa becomes the number two all-time scorer in the history of the NCAA for Division One. Uh, she's around a hundred points off of Kelsey Plum, who has the most ever. She also became the most the, the highest scorer in the history of the Big Ten uh, last night. She's on a she's on a streak of like eight or something straight games with thirty plus points. So. Well, I didn't know Kelsey Plum held, held the record for most points in women's yeah. basketball. Yeah. And she was phenomenal at Washington. I think it was Washington or Washington State. She was incredible. Yeah. Mm. I had no idea. So, yeah. But she'll, barring injury, <clears throat> she'll, she'll, she'll break it. And I'll tell you the other interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, she'll break it easily. Fox is putting a lot of games now in prime time, women's games, uh, South Carolina, not just Fox, the networks are LSU. Uh, you know, obviously Iowa because she's a big draw, but it's 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 game. It's gotten the game. It's grown the game in terms of exposure, and they're getting a lot more uh, looks at their game, which they should. So I'm, they I'm, should I'm, I'm I'm listen. If you really watch some games, them them ladies be hooping. No doubt, they they really good. They really hoop. Yeah, man. And they and they're more fundamentals because they have to be. You know, because this you know the athleticism is obviously not you know man athleticism, but like they're 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 ultra skilled mm-hmm. you know what i mean these girls they deserve they deserve all the views they can get and i think it was catapulted by last year's um final um March oh, Madness. great um, game yeah yeah lsu and iowa yeah it was it was it was mm-hmm. uh, yeah lsu and iowa was great yep. it was great it was awesome it was, it was box office it was it was no question all right thanks to everybody in the chat everybody streaming everybody listening uh don't go anywhere tone has got you with dan cilio for the national football show and mm-hmm. everybody enjoy the rest of your thursday tone it was fun as always my friend as always my friend i appreciate have yourself, you have yourself a great thursday and uh talk to you uh yes, sir see ya Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.